This week's episode is brought to you by Charles Pierce. What? Hey, Charles. Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. Charles, appropriate for X-Men. Yeah. Get, get it? Charles. Yes. And Charles is Raven. <laughs> and also Gary's patron. Yes. <laughs> Are you Gary's patron or Cole's mystique? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's our patron. <laughs> um, oh. Thank you, Charles. Yeah. So Charles was a uh, was and is and will continue to be, hopefully, hopefully. After, <laughs> after this, right. who knows, um, our patron on uh, Patreon, which is our ongoing uh, kind of funding model, which just crossed our PRGE um, uh, milestone. So we'll be doing the live show at Portland Literature Games Expo. Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to uh, join in on the fun, there's also we'll be announcing later. Um, you know, we are doing contests and polls and stuff, kind of helping determine which games we do for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it is generally a fun place to hang out. Yeah. Um, if you want to join in on that, if you go to Duckfeed or excuse me, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Duckfeed TV, and uh, and get on in. Once again, that is Patreon.com slash Duckfeed TV. Get in. Get in. Hey, Bobby, my man. Oh. Where, where are you going? Oh, okay. Uh, Gene, um, we we need to talk. No, okay. I'm talking. All right. Hey, Kurt. Hello. Uh, do you want to play Connect Four? Mm, sometimes I enjoy this too much. I know you do. Okay, buddy. Let me set up the board real quick, and uh, I'll choose red. I shall choose black. There's just one other choice. I chose red, so that's what you get. Um, I'll, I'll go first. You should have run away. We just we just started. You're not that big of an advantage here. Sometimes I enjoy this too much. I, I, I know, I know. Pretty. I think anytime you're enjoying this, you're enjoying it too much. It's connect four. Um, okay, here we go. Gott in Himmel, I'm Prost. We all know you're German. Um, here, let me block you real quick. All right. Mein Gott, I am even more powerful now. Technically, that's true. You have four pieces on the board now, so you're more powerful than you... But you, you have to get all Sometimes four. I enjoy this too much. I, I know. Okay. Here's, here's mine. Sometimes I enjoy this too Quiet much. Quiet time. Kurt? Shut the fuck up. Sometimes I enjoy... Gotten Himmel. Sometimes I enjoy this too much. All right, flipping the fucking table. Chuck out of here. Chuck, we need to talk. But I thought you wanted to play Fireball Island. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. 
And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about X-Men Legends 2, which is an action RPG developed by Raven Software and published by Activision for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube, PC, PSP, N-Gage, and mobile phones in 2005. Will you be Charles's Raven Software, or will you be my <laughs> Mystique Software? High five. High five. Um, this game has you uh, take control of a team of four mutants, engaging in top-down beat-em-up style of gameplay, uh, using your combined mutant powers to be more effective in combat. Uh, the overall experience is improved in multiplayer co-op, where each player controls a different mutant. Yeah, this was kind of diminished by me not playing it uh, multiplayer. Yeah, these that, games, this whole series is way more fun yeah. multiplayer. And probably to a fault designed to be played that way. Yeah. yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about some of that. Yeah, yeah. So individual mutant, uh, mutant powers are uh, useful for navigation, too. They're not just, you know, zappa, zappa, zappa. Uh, you know, since characters can fly and teleport and, you know, push large objects or shoot energy beams to explode things. And uh, these kind of uh, assist in solving some of the uh, simple puzzles that you find in most of the quests. Yeah, Ben Simple is the operative word. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, the gameplay takes a lot of cues from uh, Diablo and Baldur's Gate, uh, Dark Alliance, or Champions of Noroth, or something like that. Yeah. Where there's a big emphasis on leveling up your abilities and upgrading your equipment. Um, customizing your team is also really important, and your decisions impact exactly how each mutant plays. There's yeah. kind of different builds for each character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the, the, there are plenty of abilities. In fact, more than you could uh, you know assign any, at any given time. So that progression really has a huge impact on the way things kind of shake out. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple of mini games that you uh, can collect, you know, and complete too. Uh, each hub area has uh, trivia challenges, which I really liked. Me too. Um, they give you XP, um, and I liked how those just kept evolving. Like, there's like what hundreds of questions, if not around a hundred. I think yeah, I think there are actually around a hundred. Yeah, there are okay. five hubs, and I think there's about twenty per. Nice. Um, and there are also uh, uh, scenario discs for uh, for the danger room scattered throughout each level, um, and a lot of them are kind of geared toward an, an individual character. Uh, so running through those little missions to try and learn a new character um, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, you you get uh, real tangible rewards for those as well. Um, the specific character ones, you'll get a unique item. Hmm. Um, for completing those uh, at the highest level, and that's really useful. Nice. Um, there are several different versions of this game, as we mentioned, with a few differences between them. Uh, for instance, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the mainline console version, which came out on GameCube, Xbox, and PS2. Um, the PC and PSP versions have some bonus characters, but a different play experience. Yeah. Um, and the Engage version, I assume, is <laughs> very very similar in that regard. Yeah. So. Oh. And uh, obviously, this is a follow-up to the original X-Men Legends, um, and this series kind of gave way uh, to the Marvel Ultimate Alliance series, you know, for the Xbox 360, like, uh, that generation. So, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. And then, really, kind of nothing after that. Yeah, which kind of bums me out. Like, the closest thing to uh, <clears throat> to that now that I can see, um, as far as how it plays, is, like, the Lego Marvel game. Mm, plays yeah. like a, you know, like a super dumbed down version of it um you know just in that you're top mostly top down and just punching stuff and smashing you know computer banks of monitors mm-hmm. but the uh yeah there's nothing quite like it which is a little bit frustrating and i've played this this i'm a big fan of this series in general i played all the games in in the series and uh ultimate alliance 2 definitely kind of takes a little bit of a bath um ultimate alliance 1 is probably the peak of the series and then the second one i don't think performed that well and also wasn't quite as good a game and that might have had something to do with the the drop off but yeah 
So this was, this is the only one of these that I've played. I think maybe I dipped in a little bit to uh, to uh, Ultimate Alliance one, but uh, mm-hmm. this is kind of my only exposure to the you know using Marvel characters in this kind of environment. I was a big uh, Champions of Norath fan. Yeah, um, I, you know. I like I like those games too. I love uh, Dark Alliance and stuff. I have this yeah. is um, when we did our live stream, which um, you know at some point will go up for everyone, but our patrons um, already have have access to it. Um, somebody asked us a question like, what is a mediocre game that you really like? Mm-hmm. And I should have brought these up because yeah. I'm realizing that like, I pretty much have an unlimited appetite for this specific type of like top down beat up Diablo like mm-hmm. while not actually liking Diablo very much, but this right. kind of take on the formula I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not, they're not great. Like they're, <laughs> they're fun co-op and they're good. They're not great though, but I have a weird affection for them. Like, even after you know beating beating this, I went online and downloaded Ultimate Alliance because I'm you know, so I'll, I'll play Ultimate Alliance again. Oh, I just want to listen to podcast and punch shit. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, yeah. These are kind of my like zone out go to zone out games. Yeah. So. And conversely, for me, I kind of ran out of patience with this a little bit. Um, yeah. Great, well, granted, I, I we're, did we're, too a little yeah. bit too. It, yeah. it is a little bit too long. Yeah. Like, and, it, and we're playing about twenty percent. We're playing it in non-ideal conditions too. Like I don't get the sense that it was meant to be mainlined in the way that it is. Although I no. can't imagine like setting up like a standing appointment with three friends to like play this for two hours at a time over the course of a month. That's <laughs> how me and uh, Brayden played Ultimate Alliance. Oh yeah, we had like we had Ultimate Alliance night for like a month. Nice. And he, he would come over when we play it. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like the the you can play them on PC and play them online um, as well, which is how I, mean, I think I'm going to try to do Ultimate Alliance uh, this run through. Yeah. And uh, and it should be noted too, just a real quick uh, thing on why we picked uh, this over the first one. You know, the first one's a little bit more classicy. And uh, as we'll as we'll discuss, the first uh, X Men Legends game has a better story to it. None of none of this is Shakespeare. Like none of this is <laughs> is good. You know, we're not talking about you know uh, uh, Bastion levels of story here. But the uh, the first the first one has a better story. This one just has better gameplay and like a lot of kind of ease of use concessions. Yeah. And I forgot how big that difference was until I revisited this. Right. Because uh, as we'll as we'll talk about the plot here in just a moment, like there's some real fucking dumb, 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 dumbness going <laughs> yeah, on yeah. in in all of the all of the non gameplay things that happen here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it's easier to play, and you get more characters, and you uh, you know it's just it, it's it's a more fun play experience and a worse story experience than the first one. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Well, the X-Men and the Brotherhood have sworn a vendetta against bugs and computers, so they must travel mm-hmm. the world punching each bug and each computer to bits. Tech bits. <laughs> That's what they're actually called. Yeah. Huh. They look like bits of the aggro crag from uh, whatever that thing is. Um, oh, from Global Guts? Guts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mo hands them to you after she shows you the scores. Get yeah. it? Remember yeah. that, guys? Yeah. 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 Well, that's what that is what they look like, though. <laughs> yeah. They're like glowing, um, you know, polyhedrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it took me a while to figure out what those were. Is there a difference between the yellow and the gray ones? I think so, but Did... I can never... You always pick them up in batches of, like, yeah. five or six, so mm-hmm. you can never, you know, differentiate them. And then you spend them all on potions. I Yeah, your potion, I ended up buying a couple uh, re-character respects and stuff. Hmm. But, the uh, yeah, the potions are, are definitely uh, a big, big thing. It depends on how much... This is one of those games where, like, if you're not... If you're smashing everything, you'll get enough potions. If you're not... If you're just like fuck it, I don't want to <laughs> smash ever. It's like if you do all the side quests, you're you're fine. If not, you're gonna it's gonna be more difficulty. You know, uh, yeah, a little bit yeah. more balance for difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like I never came close to running out of potions, and it was just or a couple times I did, but it was mostly yeah. just because I was just very thorough 
because I like blowing stuff up. I like <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Again, this is this is this is my weakness. This is me yeah. succumbing to MMO, you know, button tappa tappa grindiness. For real. Did you end up buying uh, buying any equipment like from Beast or Forge or anything? Because like no. that, no, no, I did, yeah, never did. It's always worse than what I had. Yeah. Um, also, here's a serious pro tip for for this <laughs> game: set your equipment to auto manage. Yeah. Yeah, never like that is that is a level of detail that you do not need, my friend. Yeah. Um and well, like, I, that's what sucks but, because like in this kind of game I really enjoy like when the interface is good, optimizing my equipment, you know, yeah. doing like dude shopping, you know? Yeah. But, and uh, this this equipment is not good. No, no. Uh, the interface like, is bad and the equipment is boring. It's it's di- it's different belts and sashes. It it, it is like uh, getting a new piece of equipment is like a band name generator. <laughs> like you know, just like frozen nano gear of might. You know, <laughs> like oh okay, frozen nano gear of might. Uh, their first you know? album was good, but then they fell <laughs> off after their second DP. Regenerate suit. <laughs> well, we'll do. The, the, <laughs> On a to do list. The, so yeah, the the equipment is really lame, and I think that I mean we're getting into generalities, um, but, bit, but I would say that the. The equipment thing really takes a bath. I like the power system a lot. Oh yeah, like that—that that is what makes up for it to me. Mm-hmm. But you're you're right about that. Yeah. So so into the actual plot. Sorry, I, I put that in there just because I was so frustrated. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the events uh, of the game are set up when uh, when Professor X and uh, Polaris uh, are captured by Apocalypse's men, um, and the X Men and the Brotherhood enter into this kind of uneasy alliance uh, to rescue Charles and uh, figure out what Apocalypse is up to. Yep, and it turns out, um, you know, if you could have guessed it, <laughs> Apocalypse is kidnapping certain mutants, mutants with uh, harmonic DNA <laughs> um, and a plot to increase his own power. And uh, the X-Men and Brotherhood chase Apocalypse and his horsemen around the world, undoing his work until finally they confront and defeat him at the Pyramids of Giza. Uh, the four mutants are freed, and the X-Men and Brotherhood resume their feud almost immediately. There's a very, <laughs> like, uh, you know, well, next time we meet, yeah, fucked up. Mm-hmm. Wolverine we... gives a real, like, you know... Gator's going to gate and a statement <laughs> at the end. Yeah. And then, you know, Mr. Sinister is standing on top of a pyramid laughing into the distance afterwards because we never tied up that loose end. Yep. Yeah. Isn't Mr. Sinister an amazing villain? Like, he looks like, um, uh, what's his head from a Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, he does. He yeah. looks like he's trying too hard. It's like it's like if somebody, like, snapped mentally and decided I'm going to be a supervillain and then just completely overdid it. Like a drag queen supervillain, like yeah. a grand dame drag queen supervillain, <laughs> like just the lipstick and like the everything about Mister Sinister is just very funny to me. And this yeah. name, like he yeah. even sounds like a you know the uh, yeah. It's one of those things like you know being so uh, Stockholm syndrome by X Men. Like I just kind of accept <laughs> some of the stuff and yeah. then trying to pay attention to it. I'm like Sugar Man, what the fuck is this? How did yeah, how am I accepting this when I was younger? <laughs> like, like, like you know, I, I really enjoy the X Men. I would say in terms of in terms of like comics, like superhero mm-hmm. comics. I guess they're they're like my favorite, just because I read a lot of them when I was young. There's a lot. There's a lot of dumb stuff there, though. Like anything outside of any like okay, so Dark Phoenix might be a minor exception to this, but anything that involves like aliens or magic. Like I would yeah. rather just like j- just keep it political. Like you know, there I I read all of Grant Morrison's run and really liked it up until they did the future stuff. Mm. You know, yeah. But uh, but yeah, there, there's just like a bunch of that dumb stuff. And this this game kind of brings a lot of that to the fore <laughs> a bit. It well, one of the interesting things about um, 
media based on the X-Men and you find this in like the Capcom fighting games and, and ever, is that people who are making comics never know what's going to or people who are making media based on comics rather mm-hmm. never know seem to know what's going to stick. Right. So they they turn to the comics that are contemporary or recent. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time they came out. So, like, that's how you get stuff like in Marvel versus Capcom 2. You get characters like Mero. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mero is nothing now. Like, that, that's not a character that was... But for a time in the 90s, she was really big. And this game is such an example of that where there's this, you know, tons of just weirdo characters. You know, like the aforementioned Sugar Man and Abyss. And <laughs> that just never, you know... Never like you'll never see them in a movie. Right. Like you're never gonna see Sugar Man in a movie. People who make movies understand. People right. who make games just kind of grab, <laughs> you know, whatever's on the shelf. Yeah. And you and you and you get this nonsense mm-hmm. uh, for it. It's whatever's like most uh, sensational. And what's weird is like the the, the Age of Apocalypse storyline was about a decade old by the time this came out. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, it, and it's only kind of based on it's like a mix between Age of Apocalypse and the Twelve, yeah. which is a later uh, Apocalypse storyline. And like. It should be noted, like, for big, dumb 90s crossovers, I think Age of Apocalypse is pretty, pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that actually kind of st- – there's a lot of extra stuff, but the core storyline of that stands up pretty well. And it was mind-blowing when I was young. <laughs> um, but even I read it when they, they came out with the big trades of it um, recently. Or, like, a few years. It's not really recently. But I, I read it again. And it actually kind of stands up. Like, it is a oh. fun, fun story. Um, but this is – you know, it takes a lot of the teeth out of that because there's nothing to contrast it to. Like that story is all about like, you know, what if? Like this is mm-hmm. what the the impact of like what one person has, yeah. you know, on the world. Um, but this is just like, what if an evil guy did some evil shit? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like it is it is way 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 kind of dumbed down. Yeah. So it's a, like I said, a vendetta against computers and bugs. Yeah, yeah, and it's also yeah hamstrung by the. Um, the genre mm-hmm. like it's a it's a smash them up you mentioned like doing an x-men game where you don't fight stuff yeah. um during the live stream as well that would be really cool that's not this um so yeah. let's uh let's get started here yeah let's and jump we'll, right we'll pick it. up on more generalities and stuff and it's also you know there's not too much to the the plot like no. you're gonna you know we're gonna go through we're going through maze like maps and smashing shit so yeah the actual levels will go by fairly quick yeah like the like the the, the plot is almost entirely carried in these intro uh cgs for each act so the game is divided into five acts and uh, also kind of in the environments to a certain degree just like the places that you go oh, the places you'll go um yeah. and uh the minor characters that you encounter so i think that 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 is probably a little bit what we're going to spend a lot of time on if uh if, if we're not mentioning something you can just assume we're tapping the a button furiously yeah <laughs> yep just kidding yeah. just tapping it through it yeah. tap 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 um yeah so we start off and uh, the x-men and the brotherhood are working together in greenland yeah. um you know we're, we're seeing this little uh CG in the beginning. Um, Wolverine does the claw flip off the saber tooth that he does in the movie. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Wolverine. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine. The voice act. The voice acting in this game, other than the repetition, is sometimes pretty good. Yeah. I think the Wolverine guy is pretty good mm-hmm. um, in this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And the CG is um, but- not that bad either. Like I, I ended up really enjoying these. Uh, it's it's a higher level of fidelity. That mm-hmm. I think I've seen in a lot of CG up to this point. So even even in retrospect, I was impressed at how much detail there was. Yeah, yeah, for like a PS2 era game, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah. as we mentioned, Charles and uh, Polaris have been abducted. Yeah. So you go through this, uh, you go through this tutorial here in this Greenland base, and you know you're kind of getting the uh, getting the broad strokes, including stuff that like doesn't really come up a lot until later, like the com- mm-hmm. the combo attacks. 
Like I would occasionally press B just to just to try not to wear out the indentation on my Game, uh, GameCube controller. <laughs> but um, there are a couple things like that that are that, that are introduced, and then you're just expected to know about 14 hours later. Well, it's not. You, yeah. It's very rare. Oh, the um, you're talking about the uh, the actual move combos, like the Street Fighter, not the uh, combos where your powers combine. Right, right. That, that, yeah. that, that's what I mean. So, like pressing pressing A A B to do like a like a yeah. knock up attack. <clears throat> yeah. And the the main thing about those is that they're not the the crime isn't that they're needed later. The crime is that they're unnecessary sooner. Yeah. If that makes any sense, like mm-hmm. if you're if you want to spice it up, like you can do stuff like that ahead of time and very occasionally i would try to do a knock up to get some kind of high damage target out of the fight for a couple seconds yeah you know um when it wasn't necessary but the fact that you can mostly get through just kind of using mutant powers and yeah. and slam jamming you know well, we should talk so. about the combos because they are brought up a little bit here it's kind of staggering that they have a name for a time when each so when each power interacts with the other one they have a name for it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah every combination of every you know, every uh, every mutant. Mm-hmm. So, and those things, you can really do a build around those because the, there are certain skills that have uh, leadership, which I think gives you increased experience when you do combos. Yeah. And you can really do kind of a combo-based uh, playthrough, um, but it's much easier if you're playing co-op yeah. where you can literally just say like, hey, let's both hammer on this guy with our, you know, furious swipe or yeah. what have you. And you use teleport frenzy and then we'll just get furious frenzy mm-hmm. over and over and over and just really rack up some experience. Yeah. Um, another pro tip, just if you're actually going to play this game, uh, you don't need to go into the level up menu every time you level up. Right. Like, uh, I would save a couple of level ups usually and then allocate my points mm-hmm. just because uh, you level up pretty pretty frequently. Yeah. So. And they search out with a, with, a, with a party that is pretty diverse, and it kind of sets up a template for later. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Magneto, who kind of has the leadership uh, kind of thing in his, uh, in his teleport. Uh, there's also uh, Scott and then... Flying, at, flying and Bridges. Yeah, Flying and Bridges, yeah. Yeah. And um and also there's uh there's there's Cyclops Storm and oh gosh who was the third Wolverine Wolverine yeah so it kind of gives you a, it gives you the gamut um and as like kind of like a melee fighter in Wolverine um you know kind of a, a ranged fighter in Scott and then uh, Storm has a lot of powers that um you know like a controller tile type powers yeah kind of you know has some some wind things that will get somebody out of the fight for a little while yeah like crowd control kind of stuff yeah. she's really powerful yeah. Yeah. And the, the one thing I, I was, one thing I really like about this game, even though I think we're, we're coming down on the mixed <laughs> mixed tip on this bad boy, is that everyone is viable. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a game where you have this many characters, you can I don't ever want it to be hard enough to where there's just Uber tier and, and get out. Like, I never want it to be, you know, no items, final destination. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, you know, if I really want to play as Bishop, like if I put points in the Bishop, he's fine. Yeah. Like, you can play as Bishop the whole game. And you can do that for everybody in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to try to... You can try to find, like, the optimal, you know, god-tier party Pokemon. But you <laughs> don't have to. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yes, Storm's real powerful. If you like Storm, use Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always find Storm's uh, emotes <laughs> annoying. And I found him annoying even the cartoon where, like, you know, this would be the rage of the coming <laughs> hurricanes whenever anything would happen and I can't listen to her. Yeah. So, uh but it would ditch her out. But she is really powerful in this game, and anybody can be pretty powerful. Yeah. But there are there are kind of there are definitely tiers yeah. of characters. It's also nice that everybody is open from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big difference from the first one that I that was an intentional thing mm-hmm. um, in choosing this one over the first one because in the first one you unlock people um, kind of as you go, not even part of this as part of the story. Like sometimes it's part of the story, sometimes they just unlock, and. Uh, you know, you just halfway through the game, you have Gambit. And it's like, why would I use him? I'm so used to, yeah. you know, some other rub-a-dub. I, I, know, I know what my guy does. Like, I expect him to be like status effects, dude. 
Yeah, you know exactly. And, yeah, and so it is. It is pretty cool. Although what I ended up doing was I found my team and stuck with it, and like occasionally dallied out of it just to get some experience for the rest of the show. Um, but uh, but most of the time it was Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Magneto, and uh, and Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up going um, Nightcrawler, uh, Nightcrawler, Iceman, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Wolverine. Yeah. So Wolverine is just a DPS maniac. So yeah, he's he's really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Night, Nightcrawler is a blast. Yeah. Like I, I don't even if you're gonna play this game solo, like play as Nightcrawler. <laughs> Because otherwise, there's what's the point? Yeah, this was Nightcrawler's adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which is which is super wonderful. Iceman's amazing too. Iceman's super powerful because he just oh, so many of his things do slow. Yeah. So. Yeah, Nightcrawler. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Iceman was my favorite X Man for a long time. He's a great X Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Iceman. He's what? He's Omega tier, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think he's Omega tier, perhaps past Omega point Gamma. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I just, it, it, like in the in the fiction, and I may be emphasizing stuff yeah, that's no, way they're, too they're, stupid. They're, yeah, there, there, there is like there is a mutant, um, like the Omega mutants. I think he is because he's like an elemental, yeah, like master thing. And there's a there's a weird storyline where like uh, Emma Frost takes control of his mind and unleashes his powers, and he can become totally out of ice, like can become made mm-hmm. of ice rather than just coated with ice, and it's yeah. super crazy. Hmm. He becomes a shapeshifter for a little while. He's nice. all spiky. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, you're going through here mostly fighting turrets and stuff, turrets and robots. And this yep. game goes out of its way to not put humans in your way. It's mostly... yeah, just mutants and robots, and yeah, you know, eventually you do you do fight some regular people, some dudes, yeah. yeah. But uh, but you get here, and uh, surprise, Charles is uh, is voiced by Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, having more lines than he does in Oblivion. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> coming out very far. very shortly before that. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I like how they've they, they they've just established they've just picked this actor is this person. Well, they've never gotten uh, Magneto correct. I feel no. like like he's in the first X Men Legend game. He's Tony J, which doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And uh, the voice actor they have for Apocalypse in this game, I hate. Yeah, like Apocalypse in the cartoon has that kind of otherworldly detached tone, and this mm-hmm. one he's just a snarling idiot. Yeah, you know he's like way too emotional, mm-hmm. and he's not, he's not supposed to be. He's like thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah, um, but yeah, Magneto is a tough tough voice to, to do. I like him in the cartoon, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably about as close as as per, to perfect as they've gotten. Yeah, um, I like him in the arcade game. Um. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> that's that, that's right. That's a good good answer. <laughs> the um, yeah, but Patrick Stewart is such a good yeah, is a fantastic. Uh, professor x yeah it's funny how that stuff colors when you're reading the comics too like when mm-hmm. i'm reading the comics i imagine professor x is patrick stewart yeah it's it's mm-hmm. weird i mean it's not weird but like patrick stewart's a huge comic book fan right mm-hmm. like he uh he wanted to play uh spider jerusalem in uh transmetropolitan right which like would have been would... fucking incredible like <laughs> yep. when he was a younger man <laughs> yep cool guy i would like to meet him someday i guess I, I would love to yeah i love how he rules the internet now yep like him and and Ian McKellen, I love that. Like, yeah. what a, what a great thing! Like those guys just being silly, mm-hmm. like that getting this huge push and people loving it. Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, there, there, there's like a class of those actors. I would put Bill Murray up there too. Just yeah. like the yeah, stories Bill Murray of him. Does that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let's just go out and make the world a little bit more magical. Let's use our celebrity for good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good good on you guys. <laughs> and not like good like hey, let's raise awareness for like yeah, poverty like or Bono, something. But yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, let's not, let's not get Bono about it. Yeah. But <laughs> let's not get self-important. Let's just go have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Let's be yeah. silly. Mm-hmm. 
you end up going to uh, to your first hub world, uh, Genosha, because Apocalypse is attacking that because you know he he has nothing but disdain for regular mutants. Yeah, and he's also trying. He's got this long game of getting these these mutants with the harmonic DNA, yeah. uh, but you don't you don't know that quite yet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things he's doing you know, that seem like just traditional villainy are feints yeah. towards capturing or luring certain people mm-hmm. into his uh, control, but uh, that gets revealed yeah. as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're in your hub hub world of Genosha. Um, one of the first uh, quests you get is to rescue Blink. Um, Sabretooth, uh, you know, loves Blink. And that's a weird, like, continuity thing, because in Age of Apocalypse, he does. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blink, you know, died in the real in the real world. But here, she's alive and well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you go off to rescue her. Yeah. And Blink is important mechanically because she's kind of your hearthstone. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you're heading out into the, into the dead zone, which is the place where all of these, uh, you know, uh, airplanes and aircraft from the, from the initial battle over Genosha kind of landed in these wilds. Um, because and- uh, Apocalypse did an EMP. Oh, blaster yeah. and and uh, made everything crash. Like he had these, you know, Magneto's fleets hmm. against him. Yeah, know. he golden eyed them. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of running around. It's a cool. It's a cool little environment. Like these, uh, these, these crashed air, air, you know, uh, airplanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like in uh, Alpha Protocol, the airplane graveyard. Uh, and again, you're kind of fighting these bugs. Um, and there's like an above ground and a below ground portion of this too. Yeah. 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 So someday I will go to a graveyard that isn't for people. Like I feel like if you put anything in front of graveyard, and it's pretty interesting. Like elephant mm-hmm. graveyard, airplane graveyard, ship graveyard. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm sick of going to human graveyards. Yeah. Like that is boring. Send me to a fancy graveyard. Yeah. A ship graveyard. Awesome. Yeah, man. Underwater, like an underwater ship graveyard. Mm-hmm. I want a video game about that. Uh, the, there um, was. Um, oh gosh, oh, I remember. Into the place or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation One. There was a demo on a pizza disc. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was it, it was a demo. it was a demo that uh, that came with my PS One that uh, uh, it shared a disc with the Parappa demo. Yeah, yeah, and I think I played that more than any other game aside from Final Fantasy VII for a good six months. Yeah, because it, it was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you're fighting bugs. You're going in this underground thing. Weirdly, like you're. I think at this point, you're fi- are you fighting Brood? I think you are fighting Brood, but they don't call them that. They call them like the Cersei. Yeah, it's the Cersei. I think yeah. the Cersei Caverns. Which yeah. uh, Apocalypse is encouraging them to multiply so that they will undermine all of Genosha. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of one of the quests. Each hub kind of has some quests that you can do, you know, a couple of them in any order. Like you're here to uh, to go after Blink, but if you find yourself going down into the, into the tunnels, you'll find, you know, you'll hear about this kind of extinction event that's upcoming. And then you'll have to go around and kill the Queen Cersei. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, somewhat into this uh, this fighting, you you run into your first boss, yeah. which is a grizzly mm-hmm. member of the six pack, and part <laughs> of like the first time in this game where they're like they're kind of doing X Men Mad Libs, you know, like let's the people who ally with Apocalypse sometimes make sense, and sometimes they're just really fucking obscure. Like they shuffled a set of tops trading cards, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to get these because grizzlies that's a real deep cut. Yeah. And his like he's probably he sets up also the train of cartoonish motivations. He just says, yep. "Oh, I'm tired of following the rules." Yeah, because like, Grizzly's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah but now he's not. I'm tired of following the rules, so let me go for this crazy despot. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It makes it makes no no fucking sense. And okay. some you know it's a little bit possibly explained when you later learn that like Apocalypse and Sinister have some kind of mind control. Yeah stuff going on mm-hmm. so maybe that's happening here even if they don't want to explicitly tell you know yeah. say it mm-hmm. but uh he just says i'm tired of following the rules <laughs> and this is by far the most basic boss fight like yeah. they one of the things they do in this game that i appreciate is that 
the boss fights ramp up in complexity um, really pretty smoothly. Um, with this just kind of like everybody dogpile on this dude, and then they introduce new elements as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I feel like is an improvement from the first one. I remember the first one just essentially being everything as a dogpile, yeah. um, you know, with just kind of different powers at play. But uh, there's a couple of different twists on the boss fight formula here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in this specific one, though. This is yeah. just punch Grizzly until he dies. <laughs> he doesn't even have that many minions, does he? Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has any minions. Oh, I think well. there's some that start out, but I think once you, I don't think they respawn or anything. Yeah. Um, um, after you beat him, he tells you about the four horsemen, kind of establishing, oh, each of these acts is going to have its own kind of big boss. Um, mm-hmm. And those pay off in a big way. Yep. Yeah. In very neat ways. Mm-hmm. So um, you go through the, t- the tunnels um, for that extinction event we mentioned. And again, we're going in these kind of different orders. Um, yeah. you know, there's not really a linear order. Um, you are fighting uh, Zealot's men, Zealot being another very obscure character, but at least one mm-hmm. that has a tie to Genosha. Um, yeah. yeah, and his boss fight, you know, the, the the way they add complexity to him, he has like a rock shield, so he will be invulnerable for periods of time uh, during that and fight. He looks like a Rocky Horror person too. Person too, he looks like Riffraff. Yeah, from Rocky Horror, like he's got that like kind of balding, but really like balding mullet mm-hmm. that he has. Yeah, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do some some like machinima stuff. <laughs> and all legends to Rocky Horror machinima. <laughs> that uh, man I, th- I think that you would find a very niche and dedicated audience by doing that <laughs> very niche yeah. like, <laughs> like two people but you'll make those two people very happy yeah <laughs> just like walking through the, the like, gray endless stretch of days not knowing what they were missing <laughs> oh scratching an itch they never knew they had yeah <laughs> yeah um but uh this is pretty fun and uh, uh you know they, they they do a little bit with the arenas here. Like there's not there's not as much room to move around in in, yeah. in here, and there are also more minions. So, yep, they're slowly wrapping it up. Yeah. Um, after you beat uh, Zealot, you uh, you go to the Genosian Seawall because uh, Apocalypse will put bombs on. It. He's trying to flood it. Like he's essentially doing everything to make this uh, an area of chaos and <laughs> kill as many people as possible. It's like the Joker, actually. <laughs> he, he is. His motivations don't make a lot of sense in the, in this. Because he's always like the apocalypse is a chess master, mm-hmm. you know, like that's supposed to be what he what he's like. Um, but they, they do not play him like that at all. Yeah. I mean, it makes a little bit of sense if you take his performance out of it, that he's just trying to keep you busy as he actually yeah. does what he's trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's actually kind of, you know, smarter than, than you would think um, for how the game kind of presents it. But it doesn't do enough to hint at that. There's just kind of not enough nuance yeah. in the, the dialogue. I think that a lot of the exchanges and dialogue in this game are some of the worst that we've played. <laughs> um, some of the dialogue is as clunky as anything we, we've done. Even Klonoa? We, you know, we, maybe even Klonoa. <laughs> like, and we played a lot of JRPGs. Like, uh, this is real clunky, just characters yelling their motivation yeah. style stuff, which is frustrating to me because I think that's what people think. Of, you know, the writer of this probably thought like, oh, let's do it in a big over the top comic book style. And <laughs> comics haven't been like that really since, you know, the 80s at least. Right. You know, so the uh, and even then it was just it was more melodrama than than just characters shouting their motivations with exclamation points. It's oddly uh, like pro wrestling a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good draw. That's a, that's a lot what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. It it plays on negative stereotypes about what comics kind of are. You know, one mm-hmm. of one of my complaints about about Days of Future Past was that it didn't give the audience enough credit to be able to follow the plot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just said like, oh, well, this is a movie for teenagers, so they had to recapitulate what was happening every 15 minutes or else, you know, it would have made them feel inferior. But it's kind of like, well, I mean, does it have to be for teenagers? I don't I'm not yeah. really sure. Well, yeah, the the money people think it does. Yeah. You know, that's that. I mean, it all comes down to that. So therefore it does. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's unfortunate as a piece of art, it suffers. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, and this piece of art that we played here <laughs> definitely, definitely suffers. Um, <laughs> of all the games to make all the arguments about game of art, yeah, X Men Legends too, yeah, for the game, <laughs> the Citizen Kane of beat 'em up, <laughs> yeah, Sinister Kane, um, <laughs> Mr. Sinister Kane. Oh wow. Just clapping mm-hmm. very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> like applying his <laughs> lipstick backstage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you run into Blob um, holding up this uh, the seawall. And one of the things that when we were just talking about the clunky dialogue mm-hmm. is the fact that everyone has like we get that it's a big deal that the Brotherhood and X-Men are working mm-hmm. together. But everyone has to go over it every time they meet. <laughs> yep. Like you're you're holding up a flooding wall. Like don't get in your little digs, buddy. <laughs> you know, and the Blob's an idiot. Like it makes a little bit more sense for Blob. But when the same characters that have been hanging out at base camps for the whole game are doing these little digs every single time they, you know, do a mission briefing. Yeah. It gets really frustrating. And like in a way it feels intentional because Magneto doesn't do it. Right. You know, the people who are supposed to be kind of the smarter people don't do it. Um, Scarlet Witch doesn't do it. But, like, Toad and Juggernaut are just fucking idiots through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And I never want to tell Joe DiMaggio to shut up. But shut <laughs> yeah. up. Like, yeah, Juggernaut's definitely the most pro wrestler. Like, when, when yeah. he and uh, Wolverine get into it. It's, yeah. I'm yeah. going to end you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like another system around that. Like, depending on who you are when you talk to somebody at base camp, they will have different dialogue for you. Yeah. They're little Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, if you approach Forge as somebody from the Brotherhood, it's like, ah, I'm not, I'm not happy about this, but I'll sell you something. I just, right. like, it's, it's a neat touch, but I wonder if writing two pieces of dialogue for every piece of dialogue was worth it. Yeah. Especially if that was the, the dialogue. And you get kind of better results. Um, certain bosses will have, Easter eggs, like if you approach them with different characters. Hmm. So if the two characters have a history, um, they'll say something, and that works a little bit better. Yeah, you know, and that comes up uh, in our actual our next boss fight mm-hmm. we're coming up against with Lady Deathstrike. If you bring Wolverine to yeah. her, they'll kind of hash out their past because they have a history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, before you get to her, there's a little bit of like errand running you have to do. Like you have to free a dirigible from its yeah. underground dock. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, anytime you can invoke dirigibles, I'll be okay. Just, yeah. Okay, so if you're if you're trying to keep track of what game Cole will like, we'll get a perfect 10. Just do a David Lynch-inspired game that uh, has dirigibles and grappling hooks. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I am a Sky parody. Skyhook in the world of yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you go around here. There's also, uh, you, you fight, you, like, a lot of the enemies that you're fighting here start, uh, dr- like, drawing your energy. Like your mutant, uh, like your your mana, essentially. So yeah, they, they start having different uh, different abilities, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Like you know, having these kind of leaders of these mobs that mix it up with different things they can do. Um, even though some of them are really not, you know, altered genetics. What does that mean? Like I don't. <laughs> what does that mean in gameplay terms? I, I mm-hmm. still don't know. No. Like other than slightly tougher. Mm-hmm. Some of them make but, a lot more sense. Like different resistances. Uh, physical right. resistance is always the one that got me. Um, and also, uh, um, like regeneration and stuff. Right. Yeah. And the, the tons of things have uh, mental resistance, which is what nerfs, you know, if you want to play as a psychic character in this game, if you want to play as Jean Grey, it's much harder or, uh, or Charles Xavier, if you unlock him, um, cause so many things have mental resistance. Yeah. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the lady death strike fight, uh, it's most interesting if you just, I mean, for, for the Wolverine connection and her mm-hmm. and, and her, uh. Um, vendetta against him i don't remember too much about the play of that the uh she regenerates okay. she has these kind of regeneration stations mm, that she okay. goes to which is an old hat but like it's uh, again introducing complexity slowly um 
So you just have to go find her at those, which is this is where um, the first time in gameplay wise that Nightcrawler you know, really shined because uh, I could get up to those platforms really quickly mm, yeah. through teleporting. So I can just kind of beat on her while she's regenerating and kind of ameliorate the effect. I kind of wonder if just Nightcrawler is almost mandatory for some of these things. Not mandatory because you can obviously get around it, but he almost, especially later on, felt like easy mode to an extent. Yeah. I Basically yeah. what I did, I, I leveled up teleport as far as it could go as fast as i could mm-hmm. and just exploited a bunch of stuff like what you just described yeah there and yeah. there's a there's a real well-known like i didn't take advantage of it because i didn't want to ruin the game but if you want to break the game there's a glitch um where if you don't put any points into teleport attack and you unlock a uh, teleport frenzy which is his multi-teleport attack mm-hmm. it just does the teleport attack multiple times but yeah. if there are no points in it it doesn't cost energy mm-hmm. so you can do that attack for free Oh, wow. And uh, that that's a huge game-breaking bug that I don't recommend doing because you don't need to. Right. Um, but, uh, that you know, he is he is kind of – and getting to secret areas, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you'll see something on the other side of a wall and it's like, well, I can go look around for a switch or I can just flip through this uh, this wall mm-hmm. and get to it. Um, but it it is – for a single-player game, it's more than easy mode. It's almost like engaged mode mm-hmm. because you have this uh, different way of moving around yeah. that you have to think about. So you're literally – you're not just tappa, tappa, tappa. Like you – you know, I use Nightcrawler as, you know, a stick and run mm-hmm. kind of guy. Like I'm going to teleport over to this guy because he's, you know, laying down suppressing fire on our group. And then, uh, you know, this person needs health. I'm going to run over there and help them out and you can kind of yeah. just zip zap around. Mm-hmm. I would often what I would do is I would I would run in uh, just kind of engage in a melee with him because mm-hmm. he has his uh, his sword which is what he does most of his special attacks with and when I got in trouble I would teleport away in order to uh, heal mm-hmm. would be would be my uh, my mo for him yeah and it definitely works yeah. so Nightcrawler Ubralas yes <laughs> so yeah uh, so after you take out Lady Deathstrike the you're kind of running around these uh, lower wards of uh, Genosha. Again, shiny sci-fi hallways and mm-hmm. uh, rescuing prisoners until uh, Mr. Sinister shows up um, and kind of says, yep, you totally have to save these guys because we've been experimenting on them and you're the good guys. At least half yep. of you are. Yep. And uh, well, if anything, even if you're a bad guy, you don't want Apocalypse there or Mr. Sinister to have them. True. You know, so whatever he wants them for, you don't want it to be. Um, you run into uh, Pyro, who is trapped and he was working for Apocalypse. But if you save him, he joins your team. <laughs> it's hilarious how how quickly you forgive him for that. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's literally no problem. Yeah, it's like we know you're um, a piece of shit. So, in the yeah. uh, in the PC version, you can play as him. Yeah, um, he's a, he's an unlockable character once you uh, once you free him. The depressing thing is that if this was put out on a modern console, like all of those would be DLC. <laughs> That's absolutely true, and I think yeah. that happens with Ultimate Alliance too. Mm. Um, yeah, two dollars to play as the Hulk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah some yeah. nonsense like that. Yeah. Um, the the kind of takeaway here, what Apocalypse was really here for, um, we find out is to get uh, Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a shame. Like, I would have loved to have played as Quicksilver. And it makes me think that, um, man, you know, at some point, we, we talked about it a little bit, but at some point during this year, we should do Freedom Force. Because mm-hmm. uh, the bullet, like the speedster character in that is really fun huh. to play as. So he's not Quicksilver fast, <laughs> but he, you know, he does a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't break the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the horseman who's overseeing this place, uh, Mr. Sinister doesn't count, uh, is, uh, is Abyss who mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was or what he was, <laughs> except he looks kind of like a B-tier uh, Scott McFarlane kind of villain. Yeah, and also he's, he's written and acted like one. Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't come off that way in the comics at all. Okay. It's really weird. And like he's not he's not a great character or a complex or anything like that. But he doesn't come off like a cackling like 
Power Rangers mm-hmm. character like he does in this. He's probably the least human-looking uh, mutant I've ever seen. Yeah, he's really up there. Because he's yeah. just like, he's strands. He mm-hmm. swirls. Yeah. 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 And his thing is he's got a black hole in his chest into which yeah. he can shove you. Yeah. yeah. Which he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, and, uh, after you fight him on a blimp. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've been tossing bombs at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this point, which is kind of that's a nice payoff because then he sucks you in. And it's like, oh, yeah, all the bombs that we <laughs> toss in there are in there as well, buddy. Yeah. And you end up blowing up Abyss from the inside, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. So for as bland as a lot of the hallway kind of things are, like the set pieces on the boss fights tend to pay off in really cool ways. Yeah. 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 A lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you beat, you beat your first horseman and now you're going to the uh, the Savage Land. And uh, I can't remember why you go to the Savage Land other than just checking off exotic X-Men <laughs> locations. Yeah. It has something to do with, though, we, we, we saw his forces oh, headed Destiny. there. Yeah, Destiny. Or, like, yeah, you're going to go get Destiny because mm-hmm. Destiny can see the future. <laughs> Destiny gives you uh, Herbian powers to see the future but also tell you it in a way that is entirely misleading. Yep. Yeah. Well, which is which is accurate to the comics, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, Destiny is worthless. Yeah. If it sounds uh, like I'm being dismissive, it's just because a lot of these are just plot kind of things. Yeah, they're totally, totally arbitrary. Just, yeah. yep, go mm-hmm. do this thing to punch more stuff. Yeah. So. Punch yeah, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in the Savage Land, you meet your Savage Land supporting characters, Shanna the Sea, sea, sea Devil. Mm-hmm. She Devil. Not Sea Devil. That's a different, <laughs> that's a totally different thing. Um, yeah, and, the uh, uh, Shanna the She Devil. Yeah. And uh, uh, Kazar. Yeah. Is kind of the, yeah. the overseer of this place. The intro CG for this is uh, the X-Mansion getting blown up, which I'm surprised yeah. he doesn't just keep a bunch of spares around. Yeah, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. It's like S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarriers. Yeah. I think in like almost every Marvel movie in which S.H.I.E.L.D. has appeared, like the helicarrier, helicarrier gets smashed. <laughs> um, well, that, that was just a life model decoy of the helicarrier. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, the, uh, the X-Mansion's blown up, and uh, you no longer have access to Cerebro. So this kind of leads you to uh, to, to have to find destiny on your own. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're fighting uh, Savage Land things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you're fighting raptors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs in the Savage Land. I've never liked the Savage Land. I've always thought the Savage Land was pretty stupid. <laughs> Again, that kind of goes up there with the magic and the aliens for me. Yeah, uh, like just in terms of you know, I never I never encountered it in the in in the comics at all. But just the idea of it just seems real stupid and goofy to me. Nothing, yeah, nothing really cool happens in the Savage Land. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's like psionics. It just yep. it like it looks weird. Maybe it's mechanically interesting. Like, oh, cool! It's a place where dinosaurs live. It's like alien technology creating a rainforest in the Antarctic. Awesome principle, but just the aesthetics of it and the non-interesting things that happen with it just mean, lead me to be like, yeah, I'm just going to tap a a bunch of times until there just a wake of dinosaur corpses behind me. And, and you're yeah. just fighting raptors. Yeah. Like I really wish you were fighting. Like there should be a bit of T Rex at the end of this or something. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. That would have been sweet, but. Yeah. But no dice. Yeah. Well, they they didn't want to blow their uh their their big their big enemies load until yeah. later. So yeah, that's true. If I if I if I were to make a guess at this, yeah, yeah. And besides raptors, everybody loves raptors, right? <laughs> yeah, they've never been hotter than in two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, Jurassic Park three it just swept the nation. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> prove that uh, dinosaurs would be receptive to diplomacy. Yeah. Weird. 
Yeah. Weird franchise. Yeah. So so you're here trying to find Destiny. Uh, the other thing, there's like a conflict about whether or not you should save Mystique because everybody assumes that she's working for Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> because that would yeah. totally be the thing that she would do. Yep. Yeah. But she she doesn't here. Mm-hmm. Um, does, uh, you know, so- does Nightcrawler know at this point? It's never said. Does he know that he is saving Mommy and Daddy? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think he says it, even though like one of the things, because we talked about the trivia game, um, all of the trivia that is in the game is revealed uh, in the in game. Mm-hmm. I could have couldn't have come up with a more clumsy way to say that. <laughs> but like, it's not trivia. You don't have to know the comics. If you know the mm-hmm. comics, you can skip directly to the trivia game. But if you're going and talking to everyone and getting all of their supplemental dialogue, mm-hmm. they will mention these little facts that, you know, Mystique is Nightcrawler's mom. Yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's mentioned somehow. It might be once you rescue her, she mentions it, but I don't think Nightcrawler. I didn't get any special dialogue for rescuing her with Nightcrawler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're so you're headed out here, and uh, really, it's kind of just the Deadlands Part Two. Um, yep. <laughs> with yep, the exception yep. that this is this is the specific moment when Juggernaut and Wolverine do their "I'm gonna destroy you," and you try it, bub. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, going through caves, in and out of caves. It's kind of an interesting, complicated map. Yep. Um, you know, getting back and forth. One of the things we should talk about in a, another episode of Great Moments and Shitty Video Game Maps <laughs> is you can't zoom out on the, the mini-map. Oh, yeah. To go to it, which makes it really hard to use, um, especially in Act 4, but um, in this Act 2 a little bit. Yeah. Or if you want to see a more detailed version of the map, A, it never tells you which way is north. Yep. Um, <laughs> and B... Uh, uh, it's not called minimap in the menu. It's called auto map, which kind of makes it look like a setting as opposed to a feature you can dive into. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Blah. But yeah, the map kind of reminds me of uh, the, the the hidden forest or the secret forest and uh, um, the dark world of, oh gosh, uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Oh, sure. Yeah. Going up and down throughout that dungeon. But, uh, yep. but it's a lot of getting down there, beating up rocks until you open up another pathway to get out. Yep. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you fight a uh, Garrock, which again, that's a real fucking deep cut. <laughs> I think he's from like the early X Men before uh, you know they were even uncanny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he is a, a teleporting Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um, again, band name uh, <laughs> Mad Libs. And uh, there's not too much to his fight other than that he teleports, which is tricky. Right. Yeah, and so one of the things that happens here, you're kind of going after these atmospheric generators, um, and this is kind of cool because it, this is the first time where it really changes up the uh, where it changes up some of the format of the missions. Like mm-hmm. these are timed, like the, the these generators which are keeping the uh, the tundra from reclaiming this forest are being attacked by a bunch of people. So like a little part of this map after you after you fight Garrock is uh, is to you know run from place to place and defeating mm-hmm. all the minions before they do what they're trying to do. Yeah. So, and once you get there, they will kind of split their attention between you and the uh, the generator. And the generators have a generous amount of hit points. It's not that frustrating, yeah. but it is also adds a sense of urgency, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But eventually, you're led underground to find another piece of these Metal Gear test datas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you get so much test data. Yeah. And, the, uh, and good. Go ahead. Uh, on your way to the Nawali Shrine. Yeah. Um, which uh, <sighs> on the outside of which you fight Sora. So is Sauron a character, or is this just kind of like, a, like let's put a space pirate in X-Men? Uh, so Sauron's a character. Okay. Sauron's a guy. Um, like the, the main, the, his human form's last name is Lycos. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, Sauron's a guy. Um, he's, he's really shitty. He's like a real shitty pile of undefined powers. Like, he's a pterodactyl man who can drain life energy and can hypnotize people. But... Like, he's a real... 
He can do a little bit of everything. So he just does whatever the writer the writer wants. Exactly. Him to. Yeah. It's he's a Chris Claremont character, like I think, and Chris Claremont loves mind control. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, like his favorite plot in the world is like good guys getting their minds controlled. Yeah. It is like his all time favorite thing. Um, so the big thing, you know, with him mechanically in this game is that he flies. Mm-hmm. So he's not always available to your melee character. If you've got a range team, you're going to do a lot better. If you are a melee team, you have to wait for him to land to kind of really fuck him up. Yeah, and that's kind of a bummer, especially if you come into some of these situations that the you know the fight requires or recommends uh, people mm-hmm. with ranged or you know characters with flight, um, things like that. You know, if you're just kind of you know following your intuition as a as a player and recognizing that oh I probably need to have like a balanced team with abilities and you know to like, to get around, um, that's one thing. But if you are if you make a mistake in your spec, you're just kind of fucked with this fight. Yeah, yeah, and and they put the little. Um teleport you know change team things usually right outside of boss fights yeah so or any area where you're gonna need them like if you get to an area where you need someone to fly there's usually going to be a change team marker an extraction point yes x there we go yes there's an extraction point so (laughs) that is uh they're at least kind in that way but uh it's not you know it's a little bit frustrating Mm -hmm. but he's he's not too hard essentially you get inside this temple where Mm -hmm. you're just you're finding mcguffins yeah you're left and right it's like test data for miles (laughs) <laughs> it's element it's an elemental temple so you're going around and grabbing artifacts and putting them on plinths yep exactly as, <laughs> as you do straight up eternal darkness style and uh it's kind of a little bit of a it's a little mazy um and there's a little bit of a side quest to get this vibranium sample mm-hmm. which like there's no reason for vibranium to be here it's such a weird little <laughs> point um because that's not where vibranium comes from um but the yeah. uh man i watched captain america too and it took all of my strength like I was saying next to Elizabeth, and something like Captain America fell out of the building and landed on a shield. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that would kill him. And I was just like, no, it's vibranium. It absorbs vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Wakanda. <laughs> just, like, I just like, oh, I'll just keep my mouth shut and be like, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, movies yeah. are implausible, right? Yeah. Well, what, a, what a thing. I think you made um, the better decision. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I give her a, a little essay on <laughs> well, you, well, you see. Yeah, I should send her an email now, like two weeks after we've seen it. Listen, my lady. Oh um, man, everybody's telling me to see that. That's good. It's great, so, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. My uh, my, my my stepdad compared it to the first Iron Man, which is very high praise. It's it's. I think it is more. Um, it's much more like uh, action packed and tense and thrillery mm-hmm. than the first Iron Man. Like it, the pacing is faster. Like yeah. it feels like a really good, uh, you know, like Tom Clancy style movie. But with superheroes, hmm. to me, it's very good. I liked it a lot. Cool. Um, I think it's probably a, like I think Days of Future Past is a little goofier and shaggier, mm-hmm. and I I think I like that. I think that Captain America Two is probably a better constructed movie. Right. Um. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You get into the uh, into the kind of the inner sanctum here, and you're fighting against Omega Red. Uh, again, yeah. can, can you give me some context on Omega Red? Let's he just assume a, any of the mini bosses. I have no <laughs> idea who the fuck they are. He's the uh, the Russians' attempt at making a Captain America. Okay, um, but they uh, and he has vibranium tentacles, which I guess would be maybe why those are there. Oh no, they're carbonium temple <laughs> tentacles. They have a different like fakium um, <laughs> tentacle. But he uh, because other countries are stupid. Like when we tried to make a super soldier in America, you know, we me and you in real <laughs> life um, did it. We you know you choose like soldiers, and other countries they're constantly trying to do it from um, like serial killers and yeah, stuff, and prisoners. people on death rows. Well, because they want to experiment in case it doesn't work. Yeah. But then they just keep being you know upset when they get these psychos, and <laughs> uh, and that's what Omega Red is. Huh. He's a uh, a psycho Captain America. Yeah. Um, from another country. Yeah. 
I don't remember anything special about his fight. There's there's nothing special. He's like really a mini boss though, because you're you're coming up against the actual fight really shortly. Oh yeah. He's just kind of like a little speed bump on your way to Mikhail, who is Colossus's brother, mm-hmm. who is like a cosmonaut who went into space and came back with powers, I think, mm-hmm. um, is his story. I was listening to the, uh, to the oh gosh, how the space race worked episode oh, of yeah. uh, Stuff You Should Know. Fascinating yeah, stuff. I, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm halfway through that right now. Yeah, I'm, I, I am halfway through it as well. Yeah. Um, a, I didn't realize, we should have mentioned this in the, in the hardware episode, I didn't realize that joysticks were a product of the space race. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I want to kind of look into that and see, like, because that makes perfect sense. The, you know, the Atari being in the 70s and, and all that. Huh. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I thought of a, uh, they, they, they joked about pouring vodka in Tang. And yeah. uh, I, I, that, I want to make a cocktail out of that called the Cosmo Astro. Yeah. No, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah. will taste terrible. Yeah. Because Tang is disgusting. Yeah. Blah. You do some vodka and Ovaltine and see if that's any better. Oh. <laughs> what is that like a like a like a white trash vodka and you would be a white uh, it'd be a white trash Russian. Yeah. Mikhail. <laughs> uh, uh, Mikhail. Uh, yeah, you um, take a teleporter up to space, so you're in space now. Yeah, and Mikhail is interesting uh, because you you fight kind of multiple versions of him, and you think your battle is done. But he does this thing where he's in this little force field thing. Mm-hmm. And when you kill his minions, they turn into panels. <laughs> and you have to have him turn into panels on these specific spots. And I have no idea why. Like, why he can turn people into electronics and vice versa. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. It's very, very strange. Um, and pretty hard. Like, I think this is probably the hardest boss fight so far. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know... Like this is this is the first time I ran very low on health potions because yeah. uh, the fight just went on for a long time. Me trying to position these people in the right spots. Yeah, just trying to, to re- like depending on their pathfinding. And as you as you proceed, there are four of these panels that you have to transmogrify and then activate yeah. on these pads. The there's a uh, like a laser tripwire that uh, rotates around. It rotates yeah. faster, so it's kind of like playing jump rope with uh, a yeah. laser beam. Yeah, yeah. But again, pretty cool. Like it's it's complicated and neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, you eventually uh, eventually kill him and you find a beast who's being held in a gas chamber uh, <laughs> by Natasha and is brought in to translate the symbols on this, this ancient machine. Yeah. So you rescued beast. Again, seeing just a little bit more of the plot, like Apocalypse yep. is going after ancient machinery. Yep. And in the N-Gage version, you can play as beast. <laughs> cool. I like yeah, beast. Yeah. Go buy an N-Gage. Yeah. And the, the beast is among my favorites. Yeah, I like beast too. God, I want Hank's glasses from uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. That, yep, those yep. are badass. Yep. Hmm. Apropos Agreed. of nothing. <laughs> yep. This week's episode is brought to you by Those Damn Ross Kids, which is a podcast on this very network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two brothers, um, <laughs> Cole Ross and Chris Ross. Yeah. And it takes a weird news format. Yeah, takes a weird news and then occasionally gets off into weird little philosophical and pseudo political things as we just try and figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it, it is a it is a showcase for. I mean, you get Cole's great. You get lots of Cole though, but you got to get a little Chris in there. And this is your only source for Chris Ross. It's the only USDA approved source. Yeah, this is for the Chris only Ross. only source. Yeah, like we have a monopoly on that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and he and he 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 is a funny dude. Mm-hmm. So. And one of the most recent episodes, he uh, made fun of all the rest of the shows on the network. Yeah. So. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> fucker. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, but you, you want to hear that. Yeah. So uh, you can find that at duckfeed.tv along with the uh, the rest of our shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's also you can kind of jump in anywhere. 
yeah. to that show, which is which is good. It's been running uh, for just uh, just approaching four years now, uh, making it I think the longest running show on the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all cool. Uh, once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash those damn Roskets. What else is this brought to you by? Uh, this is also brought to you by our Patreon mm-hmm. um, campaign, which is our funding model um, that you uh, you can join in, pitch us a couple bucks a month, and uh, help us do cool stuff, like go to the uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo mm-hmm. and do a live show this yeah. year. Going to be adding some more uh, some more milestones for uh, things like new gear um, and possibly another uh, another live show somewhere in the future. If you mm-hmm. have any any, uh, any show recommendations about expos that we may not know about, uh, let us know about them, and we will take them into consideration. But uh, you know, this uh, the the purpose of this is a to uh, to to you know to to get the resources we need to continue running this network, but b uh, to be able to continue to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if if you uh, if you want to help us out with that, and many of you already have, and it's very appreciated. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, we currently have one hundred backers. Yeah, and don't let the nice round number of that discourage <laughs> you from joining if you haven't yet. Yeah. Like, yes, a hundred is a nice round number, but you know. <laughs> 150 is a nice round number. There are lots of nice round numbers out there, buddies. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv mm-hmm. and join in on the fun. Even a buck a month helps. Definitely. So. And finally, I've got some people I'd like to thank. Uh, before we set up the Patreon, uh, we had a very rudimentary tip jar system uh, on the website that was like an Amazon subscription kind of thing. Uh, there were a handful of people who were uh, kind enough to offer their support through that, and I'd like to take a moment to uh, thank them by name on the air. So we had Colin Peacock of the Shake, Rattle, and Roleplay podcast. That's a podcast about story RPGs. Uh, we had Bing Zhao. Um, there's also Jay Legaspi, who has music at jlegaspi.com. Braden Cameron, of course, and uh, Jala Prendes of the Salem Mort Web Comic. So thank you, everybody, for your support. It means a lot to us uh, that you uh, were there to help us do some cool things, uh, you know, that only money can help us do. Uh, so uh, our gratitude goes out. Now back to X-Men. Act three, Canada. <laughs> yes, because an Egyptian god would want to set up in Canada. Well, it, we are not set up there. We are, we, I mean, we are setting up there, but we're mostly here because the mansion's blown up. Ah, true. I think is, is why we go to the Weapon X kind of kind of stuff and and we're really you know doing a checklist of x-men locations yep. at this point like we're lucky we didn't end up in madripoor or something like that what's so, madripoor i'm sorry I... it's it's like this chinese city that wolverine goes to when he becomes patch which is his alter ego <laughs> um it's a dumb chris claremont thing it's it's his chris Gaines. <laughs> yeah it, it's totally his chris that's exactly what it is like if wolverine's chris Gaines is patch and he sucks yeah um I'm surprised we didn't go to the australian base I'm surprised too. I think you do in the first one, maybe. Oh, um, I always had a lot of affection on the the Australian X Men because the, the the team is the one that is uh, the arcade game is based on. Mm-hmm. Is the Australian team? Yeah, always like that with Dazzler. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dazzler the Disco X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's in uh, Long Shots on there, and that's he's always been one of my favorite X Men for no mm-hmm. particularly good reason. Yeah, um, he was on during that period. Hmm. So, yeah, Neat. nothing to defend that with. <laughs> that's um, fine. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so you're in the Weapon X uh, facility, which again is more sci-fi hallways. The, uh, the 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 big difference here is instead of just kind of like walking to where you're going to go, you have uh, Havoc and the X Jet uh, yeah. set up here, and uh, you know you, you you're kind of headed to disparate locations. So as opposed to everything kind of being in- interconnected, like in the Savage Lands or Genosha, um, you kind of have these different targets that you're going to hit. So this yeah, truly this, is it, a hub world. 
Yeah, essentially, you're trying to weaken Apocalypse's base. Right. You know, his, his kind of power base mm-hmm. in uh, in New York, so you can take it. You know, take it back because there's a jet attack mm-hmm. on New York, and Apocalypse kind of sets up his citadel there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Wolverine is living out his worst nightmare, um, and you yeah. are uh, doing whatever you do. Heather Hudson, uh, the H team or whatever. I have no Alpha Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's in she's in Alpha Flight, the Canadian X Men, hmm. and uh, you know tells you that you know you're going to go to where uh, Apocalypse creates his infinites, his clones. Yeah, and uh, also find her husband, mm-hmm. um, Guardian, or uh, there's like Guardian and Vindicator. I can't remember which one is which. That's the those two characters. I believe Guardian is the one who shows up because okay. there's a lot of ribbing back and forth. There's, oh yeah, there's history between Heather and Wolverine. I think. And yeah. They have with with the whole uh, with, with their dynamic. Uh, that yeah. might have been one of the, one of the little. Uh, um, Easter eggs I got. She's the the one who uh, found him after he escaped the Weapon X yeah. facility. I wonder how many like how many uh, uh, Easter eggs you would get if you just ran with like Gambit, Bishop, the Scarlet <laughs> Queen, and Sunfire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like, the Scarlet Witch and Sunfire. Like, just yeah. take the entire like D team. Yeah, Pyro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh no, X Men are here. We or have all to the do all things. the Engage exclusive characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, so you go to the core mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, Forge is your handler here. You're introduced to Forge, who's a character I've always liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his and, mustache. He looks like a G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that is, yes, he does. <laughs> not um, saying it is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is where you start running into more enemies with powers. Yeah. Um, you know, ones that have these shields where uh, you have to give them, you know, a specific kind of combo before they can break through their shield. Yeah um yeah yeah and they're they're at least kind enough to like flash up the combo that you need to do um it was just like oh you need to do a combo what the fuck is a combo i've never had to do one before yeah um that 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 helps just a little bit so it ends up being like a little puzzle kind of thing um but by this point my tactics were so entrenched that this this wasn't a welcome change to the rhythm which Mm. was pretty repetitive it just kind of felt like an unnecessary complication it was just a different flavor of tapa 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 yeah, it doesn't come up that often. Yeah. Luckily, like, there aren't too many of them. They introduce them, but they're not, like, every yeah. encounter. Yeah. But they um, also these, get these much more never, complicated. <laughs> they do get more complicated. These yeah. never bother me too much, but yeah. I can see what you, I can see mm-hmm. your point. Yeah. Um, um, also, the enemies kind of change their tactics a little bit here, too, because these, these infinites that you're fighting, they have the ability to, like, go semi-transparent, and they, like, run away. Too. Yeah. So as you're trying to clear them, uh, they will kind of go out and, you know, kind of snowball their encounters throughout a level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which again made Nightcrawler really, really useful to have them off. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you're doing this whole bit with this uh, this radiation core destroying his power, mm-hmm. where you have to uh, drop these rods and then activate safety protocols mm-hmm. um, for it. And if you don't, it's hilarious because <laughs> yeah. it tells you like you know it's going to cause radiation, you're going to cause damage. If you don't do them in the right order, um, because you don't really know how many rods there are for each mm-hmm. safety protocol. Yeah. So I did one of them, and you know I didn't drop all the rods the first time. And you go help Forge. I'm taking damage for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Yeah. He's like, you didn't drop the rod. Go, <laughs> go, uh, go take care of that. But bring, the damage is really minimal. Bring me red pages. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the nice thing too, this was where um, Scarlet Witch really came in handy because she has a healing buff. Oh, yeah. It gives everyone a regeneration for oh, a time. Oh man. I really so, wish I would have used the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is great in this game. Like, yeah. she's also, her main attack um, that I end up using for her has a chance, like a fairly good chance, something like 20% mm-hmm. of turning enemies into crates. 
<laughs> and then once you bash them open, they always have potions or money inside. So you 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 absorb that power from uh, from havoc. Not not I, not yeah, not from havoc, but from Mikhail of turning yeah, people into people objects. in the crates. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, the, yeah. the crate crate power. Um, this was yeah. right before House of M, wasn't it? So it's kind of weird to have Scarlet Witch be the good guy or one yeah. of the good guys here. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I'm anytime I know something, I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, really, this is the, you're right though. Um, it's probably because the development started, uh, yeah. you know, right after X Men Legends One came out, so that's why it's referencing all these early 2000s yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, so you, you get through that radiation thing, even if you are being hurt, it's not too big a deal, right? Um, and just a fetch quest, and you fight the goofiest uh, enemy um, <laughs> Sugar of Man. all time, uh, Sugar Man. <laughs> I had to do like a little, like a modicum of research to determine that this was an actual thing. Oh yeah, and he is. He's he's very he's his, a thing. His torso is a head, <laughs> and he, not in that cool like Arnim Zola way. <laughs> like he's just uh, yeah, he's and he's got four arms, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a real Brooklyn accent for no reason. <laughs> I come from a future where apocalypse won, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. but you don't know that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, shut up, sugar man. <laughs> yeah. You're the worst. <laughs> you suck. And your yeah. fight is really bad, too, because he just instant kills people. So I, I limped through this fight with, I think, just Nightcrawler because he was, he was the only person who could get away when he was, like, doing his crazy little, like, throat jab. See, the, the thing about uh, one of the things is uh, sometime around here you start getting introduced to the extreme attacks. Yeah, and Nightcrawler's extreme attack, his uh, chaos frenzy or uh, master of chaos, master if of you, chaos. Yeah, if you do that against a single enemy, you'll do tons of damage. Yeah. So, like at this point, since the guy he doesn't have minions, mm-hmm. um, I had a couple extreme attacks, so I was able to like, more or less wipe him out before he could do that attack on me. Oh yeah. Just through doing a couple masters of chaos, because it's him just going around the room teleporting or uh, attacking people, like mm-hmm. the beginning of X Men Two. But there's just one person he just attacks him like ten times. It's yeah. really really powerful. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite have extreme attacks figured out by this point. Mm. Um, like, you know, I, I had them unlocked. I was like, ooh, this looks really powerful. Did it once or twice, but I didn't realize that you actually charged that up with collectibles. Yeah. So I think I was using it uh, in a kind of like profligate manner um, yeah. and didn't save it up for the boss fight because they're really fun. It's like the hyper attacks in the arcade game. You just do yeah. them. Yeah. And they're, and they're all very varied. And every uh, character has a, a support one and an attack one. Yeah. And the support ones are really powerful, too. Yeah. So, uh Magneto's uh, support yeah, one Mag- is great. Yeah, yep. And the um, the Iceman's uh, support one creates a little clone of Iceman hmm. to fight along with you. An <laughs> AI clone of Iceman that's like got half his hit points, but all of his powers. Nice. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Like uh, you know, and they, they lend themselves to different builds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next, you're going to the Infinite Factory, which yeah. is uh, which <laughs> never ends. Which is uh, Infinites are why he calls his his troopers. Yeah. At this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is kind of something that you're going to be doing. Uh, good long time is oh this area has three places each place has a macguffin go to each place and get the macguffin and bring it back here yeah <laughs> well, i guess in this case it's just go here and punch a different computer yeah uh, but you, you punch a lot of computers yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all run together exactly yeah um and push some big k- tanks of raw genetic material off ledges <laughs> it's just like semen tanks <laughs> they, look like, <laughs> they look like paul bunyan's tylenol <laughs> yeah and his mega splooges yeah out onto the out onto the seafloor. Okay, punk band name, Paul Bunyan Seaman Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you're going around here. Um, I like the boss fight in this area. Me too. 
Yeah, because yeah, you think you're just going to fight Mr. Sinister. <laughs> but instead, he uses these holographic things to create old versions of the X-Men. And they reiterate five times, this is not Mr. Sinister. It is his, uh, it is his, his AI. AI. It is like yeah. his danger room equivalent. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. The idea of Mr. Sinister having a, a danger room. Mm-hmm. Where he, you know, fights, you know, practices and runs simulations on the X Men. Like that's really cool, and I don't feel like I've seen that in the comics even. Um, I like that idea a lot. And you're fighting, you know, uh, mid '70s Storm and and stuff like that, like the yellow yep. uniform. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I was using those. Uh, anybody who had the mid '70s uniform, I would be, you know, I would wear that uniform. Yeah, you just can change your costume because, like, I like the way those look. They look real cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by cool, I mean dorky. Dorky in yeah. a way that I find cool. Especially Cyclops yeah. with his like full-on latex like condom head. Yeah. yeah I love condom head Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it's a cool boss fight. Yeah. You know, fight um, yourselves. You're the real monsters. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> um, and actually, this is the longest area of the game for me, this mm-hmm. next one. Um, yeah. I spent the most time here in the Madrai Temple. Yeah. Um, which, again, is one of those weird things where it's taking something from Age of Apocalypse but not actually doing anything cool with it. Right. Like uh, in Age of Apocalypse, the Madrai, uh, Jimmy Madrox, the multiple man, was uh, captured and became a order of priest. Like they just multiplied him until he was so stretched out that he was like his brain was malleable. Huh. You know, and he was open to suggestion and made him into an order of priests. So you'd fight the Madrai where all the Madroxes hmm. um, and eventually they find the original and he's like this drooling heap and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah. Um, here, it's just a name. <laughs> you know, like there's no there's no Madrai. You never fight. You know, they call them Madrai, but they're not. Jimmy Madrix is like right. they're not multiple men. They're just regular priests. Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah they're just priests, just punching priests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty frustrating because when I first saw this, you know, I'd forgotten what it was like, and I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to fight multiple man at the end of this. I love multiple man, but yeah. no, no, no dice, no dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a, a fucking marathon, just because there are, I think, just these weird, staggered, overlapping. Uh, uh, objectives that you have to collect different artifacts and i think this is kind of the, the most lore heavy area uh, yeah. because like you're actually seeing these like placards that describe uh the four right you mm-hmm. know like the different mutants that he's going to go after it makes it incredibly obvious who they are yeah. um you know the only kind of saving grace for this is that uh, uh this has emma frost uh, mm-hmm. for me and uh and also has uh the step for cuckoos which mm-hmm. again take you know one of the weird rare things that takes from uh morrison's run yeah like they, yeah. they never they are not often brought up right or anything and they're they're more or less faithful mm-hmm. like um do it there's also like the level layouts are kind of interesting like there's that spiral yeah that you go through and stuff and they don't always do that but it's just too big mm-hmm. and i spent the most time here because there was some some little thing i'd flip i didn't you know, switch it and flip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, couldn't unlock the ending, couldn't get the last, uh, you know, spirit shard or Ugh. spirit shard test data or what have you. Yeah. And uh, it just took me forever. For as, many, for as many teleport points as they had in this, like when, when you find an artifact at the terminus of one of the spokes, it gives you a kind of a Blink-esque portal uh, back to the beginning so where you can mm-hmm. place it. There are, some, there are some of the objectives that are not that generous with it. And the extraction points, this is way too big to actually give you enough of them. So yeah. I actually end up having to cover more ground manually here than in most other places yeah a A, because there's more ground to cover here but b because you you don't have those convenient like bookmarks for different regions of this yeah it's it's a drag and like one of the things that if you ever have to do that um playing as Iceman makes that really more a little more painless because he does his like bridge thing his ice slide and that moves really fast Mm -hmm. so i found myself switching to him and then just using that to travel 
Yeah. And then just pumping energy potions full of them to make it less <laughs> tedious, you know, because enemies don't respawn, which is great because you're going to, you know, I don't want them to respawn. Right. But it does mean that covering some of this ground is just really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, we should mention um, just I don't know why I mentioned it here. Um, during this whole thing, you could be finding homing beacons. Right. Um, that are hidden. And if you find enough of them in each act, you unlock Iron Man who is like the ultimate hidden character of this game <laughs> and is like super, super powerful. But I didn't do it during this playthrough. I remember doing it when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and you don't get him until the end of the game where you don't need him. Right. But uh, he's great. Mm-hmm. He'd be um, useful on uh, like a second playthrough, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're going to do New Game Plus, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. just because uh, when I was, since I was exploring this level so thoroughly because I was trying to figure out what I missed, I ended mm-hmm. up finding the, the home and be- homing beacon. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are around. So I think like every four homing beacons you pick up, you get a uh, you get a uh, a boost to one of your potions. It's like homing beacons and hollow discs. So the homing that's different. The is it? the homing beacons are different than the um, what you're talking about. Okay. The the boost. To, those are I can't remember what those are called. But I think they're hollow discs. Yeah, hollow discs sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, data disc. Data disc. Because hollow right. discs are the things you get for danger room. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. 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 The, every four data discs. Um, yeah, so there's a, you know these different rare collectibles. You can yeah. also find uh, concept art mm-hmm. um, as you're going through that look like little comic books. Yeah, so. which if they had a better interface for going through them, I would have been more interested in doing it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, concept art just isn't like I, I love looking at concept art. You know, especially like if it's in print, it's kind of cool to you know to pour over. But whenever concept art is a reward in games, which is something that happened for a good long time in this kind of era, like mm-hmm. I, you just you couldn't motivate me less. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, anywho, so you make your way through this never-ending slog, um, <laughs> if you're lucky, and it just goes on for way too long. This yeah. was probably the first point in the game where I was, like, pretty mad mm-hmm. um, at it. And it and it doesn't get this bad again, luckily, but it it is going to sap some goodwill here. Yeah. I feel like right at the midway point. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually you get all the things, and you get to your boss uh, boss fight against the Stepford Cuckoos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've kind of got these ghost powers, they're psychics, but then Holocaust shows up. Yeah. And uh, and it becomes a little bit more complicated because the cuckoos uh, use these statues around to grant him invincibility for a time. Yeah. You have to smash the statues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It kind of sucked to hurt them. <laughs> like hurting mm-hmm. little girls. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're evil. They're mind, you know, brainwashed. Young girls, whatever. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, so to tell me, like, a little bit about Holocaust because I have no reference point for, like, what he is or why he would be serving Apocalypse. Um, I think if I recall, he's Apocalypse's son. Okay. Um, he is from the Age of Apocalypse. Um, I think that he came over to the real world. Um, like a lot of characters, that's where Sugar Man was. He snuck out of the Age of Apocalypse before like that reality was collapsed. Mm-hmm. He like, dived into the Macron crystal to do that. Um, and I think Apocalypse or Holocaust did as well. But he does not really have a character. He's just a design. Right. And he's a monster. Yeah. Um, there's a couple little character beats with him in the Age of Apocalypse. But uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, they haven't done very much with him. Yeah. His name is very insensitive. It is, yeah. Like it seems like they shouldn't make a supervillain named Holocaust. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm Johnny Nine Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would, I would. I told you that's my my supervillain name is Doctor Nine Eleven. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The the, um, <laughs> the abominable Doctor Nine Eleven. Like the. Uh, I, I understand the Holocaust has another meaning. Like you know, like oh, talk about like a nuclear Holocaust, apocalypse, you know, like. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of a reference to a very, <laughs> to a very, a very big, specific. yeah, a very specific event in human history. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So pretty, so, pretty tasteless, but pretty bad. Yeah. Anywho, um, you beat this boss, you get through this never ending level. Yeah. And uh, both Angel and Emma are, are captured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're heading to New York. We've, we've destabilized the power base enough to uh, go and actually try to, uh, to take it out.
However, um, in New York, um, Sentinels kind of come through, and there's this whole thing about like how the Sentinels are going to be on your side, mm-hmm. and that did, you know doesn't end up actually working out, right? Um, through there, yeah. So, so in, in the in the intro CG for this, we see uh, Angel being experimented on, uh, being yeah. turned into Archangel, uh, having uh, and saying one of my favorite lines in the entire game: "My soul is filled with hatred, rage, and death." For the X Men, yeah, <laughs> yep. For Not me for to you. poop on, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you thought it was going to be for Apocalypse, <laughs> but no, nope. Yep. Yeah. So the whole Angel Archangel thing, I've never never resonated with me. Like mm. Angel just kind of seems like really lame. Yeah, but I can see. I'm glad they don't make him like Angel playable in the game because he's like when he's Angel, he doesn't do very much. Um, they they're always make doing attempts to kind of make him more uh practically powerful in the comics Mm -hmm. like at some point he has healing blood (laughs) um yeah it's really fucking weird the um but like archangel like that like the original storyline with with apocalypse and the four horsemen stuff is pretty cool um you know and the probably the best way to experience that is through the cartoon Mm -hmm. um because it's quicker and and uh you know voice acted and animated and everything the the x-men 90s cartoon uh, apocalypse arc is pretty good with archangel Mm -hmm. i feel like that works yeah um better than this <laughs> uh so yeah so essentially you're going through your different kind of uh kind of hubs you're at the mansion mm-hmm. now which is destroyed you're just like hanging out in a rubble mansion mm-hmm. um yeah and yep. ready to, to smash more stuff yeah so uh, uh moira mctaggart is your kind of first uh your first quest giver talking about like yeah we need to cooperate with sebastian shaw from the from the hellfire club uh mm-hmm. because he kind of has turned into an information broker um, around this so you have to venture into into the city proper and find him and uh joy of joy is you go through a sewer level yeah yeah and it's a <laughs> it's a huge sewer yep um there's the sewer is kind of weird in this game because there's not um it's like a sewer level but it's really just to get you to another part of new york yep like you kind of use it to get around it's not really an end in and of itself it's kind of strange mm-hmm. but essentially you know you get through and you you fight talk to sebastian shaw and he wants you to get some money for him and um, some, you know, Metal Gear test data, and before he'll help you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you end up having to run around. It's uh, I found this area pretty confusing, like North New York and uh, the East Side, West Side, yeah. South Side kind of thing. It all kind of looked the same. And this was the point where they started throwing so many kind of enemies at me that I ended up uh, kind of taking magneto and just flying over top of them to yeah. where i needed to go uh, just because the ground level combat was just so fucking tedious by yeah. this point yeah yep yep you can definitely zip on through yep so uh, yeah and uh yeah so there's a there, there's a really out of place sequence here getting the metal gear test data uh holodisc which turns it into a little bit of an adventure game puzzle it wouldn't have been as egregious if there was anything like it before but there's this wall that you have to get through, this kind of like, you know, security grid that won't let you through unless you are dressed up as an infinite. And so you have to find this piece of geometry that isn't really like marked out. And in fact, is hidden under like a like an awning for a hotel. And you just mm-hmm. kind of have to know that that's there. Like this is I, I, shame of shames. I had to go to a fac to actually figure out what I had to do for this. It was like, oh, find this, find you, find this hotel, and disguise yourself as these these infinites, which is hilarious because when you're running as Nightcrawler, he does his four legged run <laughs> as an infinite. Like you can tell, they just took his rigging and <laughs> put it over top of him. And uh, I wonder what happens if we take Juggernaut. Does he turn into a regular sized dude? Does he take his hat off? 
I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, you, you also, um, I was letting you take the lead on this because I didn't do it. Like I managed oh, yeah? to teleport through the wall. Oh, wow. I'm going to get the thing. I don't know if I had to like find a glitch area to do it, like if it stops you from yeah. that, but I just ended up teleporting. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely did stop me. You know, there are certain walls that they just kind of mark as, yeah, you can't go through here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it, it, it definitely wore out its welcome a little bit. You, you saw the part when you got through there, though, where, oh, if you, if you were just if you weren't dressed up as, a, as an infinite, you didn't have little dialogue challenge. No, no, I just fought guys. <laughs> yeah. So you show up and like the infinites are like, what are you doing here? You know, you, we don't have it in our orders that an escort's going to arrive, blah, blah, blah. And you have two options and both of them kind of boil down to, oh, I'm here getting this desk, this test data for apocalypse. <laughs> and yeah. they said, <laughs> and they fire back. Well, he said he wasn't interested, so that doesn't make any sense. So you have two options, both of which just lead to you only being able to say, screw it, let's fight. Yeah. Which is a theme throughout this. Like, you know, when 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 I say you punch computers, it's even like it, in the dialogue they acknowledge this. Like, oh man, this looks really complicated. We'll yeah, probably might as well get this. Smash we it. might as well smash it. Which isn't how computers work at all. Ah, uh, no. Um yeah, that's um that's how you can tell you're playing with like um like a tabletop game with a bad DM. Mm-hmm. When, like, every encounter ends that way. Like, you try to talk your way out of a situation and it never works. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, we can solve this with two minutes of talking and kind of, like, planning an alternate way out of this. Or why don't we just do an hour of dice rolling combat? Yeah, exactly. And, and the reason why is they don't have anything else planned, which yeah. is fine. You know? But, uh, yeah, that's a, a frustrating thing. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you get the get the money yep. to buy off. He has these caches kind of hit around New York that have a lot of money in them that you can collect yeah. uh, to give them to him if you want to. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he tells you this other way to get into uh, Apocalypse's sanctum yeah. there. But uh, before that, um, there are these uh, shield platforms. And uh, you know you can't actually get into the city because there are these uh, gun platforms, rather, right. um, run anti-aircraft guns. So Nick Fury and shield come in, and Nick Fury becomes your handler <laughs> to go take those out. And this is right around the time where Nick Fury turned into Samuel L. Jackson. He's yeah, he's straight up Samuel Jackson. Well, the ultimate Nick Fury has always been Samuel Jackson. Okay, but this is such a weird mix of like ultimate and non-ultimate <laughs> canon. So he is definitely Samuel Jackson in this, mm -hmm. and everything except for voice. Yeah, um, yeah, and this is a cool level. I like this level actually like a lot. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they 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 vary up the goals on this. Like it almost feels mm -hmm. like a challenge run kind of thing. Like uh, yeah, yeah. So the like the you know the first part is oh it's timed missions you're running from kind of Derek to Derek on this oil platform kind of thing, um, you know trying to again <laughs> punch out these generators uh, to cut off kind of the the, the energy to these anti aircraft guns which are just laying shield to waste, um, and this is about when the Sentinels show up, mm -hmm. and this yep. is when I was talking about like oh they didn't want to blow their big enemy load like yeah. fighting big enemies in this game is really fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Sentinels are cool fights. And in the first X-Men Legends, uh, they're fucking impossible. Mm -hmm. Like, you had to fight tons of them, and they're really hard. Here, they're much better. Yeah. Like, much more balanced, but they make up for it in numbers. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned before, like, they, they're not supposed to attack you, but it uh, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And they attack you anyway. And there's a whole bit where everyone's like, does anyone else think this is a bad idea? <laughs> you know, the characters are just saying, like, this isn't going to work. They're going to attack us. <laughs> and they do. Um, then why'd you yeah. go? Yep. Yeah. Um, you're helping out Charles Kilroy, who's this little nameless S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Not nameless, <laughs> I guess. He's a nameless <laughs> agent named uh, Charles Kilroy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's a little bit of an escort mission, but he has lots of uh, yeah. lots of hit points. It's not too bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, eventually he gets blown up. <laughs> <by the> <laughs> just unceremoniously. He's just, like, in yeah. the middle, like, okay, this is the last gun. 
I, I'm sure that is. A, I feel like that is intentionally funny. Yeah. Or like it is supposed to be funny, like him blowing up in the middle of that, like a Spinal Tap uh, drummer. <laughs> like you don't even see like a shell hit him. He just mm. spontaneously <laughs> explodes. And apparently he survives because Nick Fury says, yeah, we just finished kill. We just fished Kilroy out of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's like, like he says, all of oh, them? That, <laughs> like that, says that explosion knocked him off, but he's OK. <laughs> like I didn't see him fly off. He just kind of like disintegrated. <laughs> ridiculous um mm-hmm. but the the end boss fight against this is one of the more obscure and time-stamped x-men villains ever bastion uh bastion mm-hmm. who is uh the the principal antagonist behind the operation zero tolerance uh crossover of the late 90s yeah. and interesting fact about bastion um is that in a way he's actually in uh days of the future past because he is the uh the nimrod sentinel mm-hmm. sent through the siege perilous Okay. Which is a weird 80s X-Men story <laughs> where people went through this thing to escape something and it changed their personalities and yeah. changed their forms. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he, he's like this mega sentinel. Yeah. So he's the, the, the Nimrod sentinel and the master mold mixed together with an AI in a humanoid form. Yep. Okay. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun fight. A little bit like a kind of a marathon. Um, yeah. I ended up having to uh, teleport out to restock on potions just because it went kind of sideways very early on. So I had to press the reset button. Mm-hmm. Um, and that blink portal was a great mechanic for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd say it's super useful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you beat, you beat Bastion. We're heading to Apocalypse's Tower. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you had to get there through New York. So you, uh, you're through the sewers first. Mm-hmm. Been through, uh, <laughs> fighting through morlocks the- most of which are in locking rooms so it's like kill rooms and most of which have physical resistance and also yeah. some other res- resistance stacked on top of it so this yeah. is just kind of like we're just trying to slow you down and why are why are morlocks fighting you yeah like morlocks are good guys um yeah super frustrating mm-hmm. um eventually you get a strife mm-hmm. and uh you have to fight strife which again real deep cut I like okay. this fight because, like, you can do a lot in the lead up to uh, find these other brain tanks throughout the mm-hmm. uh, throughout the area. Uh, what you're doing here is trying to destroy the brain trust, <laughs> uh, which uh, is kind of casting this spell over all these prisoners, you know, kind of refugees from New York to keep them docile and uh, complacent. You can make this job this this boss fight a lot easier uh, by kind of exploring this area thoroughly. But if you go right mm-hmm. into it, you know, he's kind of running around trying to protect these tanks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you beat him, you get out in the streets of New York mm-hmm. and uh, Deadpool shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. As, I'm not going to make any friends with my opinions on Deadpool. I, I think, I, I think that you're, you're overstating the affection for Deadpool. Like he's, <laughs> they sell, but I don't, I think that I feel like our, I, I trust our audience not to care for Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, just starting out like saying Marsha, 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 like yeah. the, the whole break. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like I, I'm okay with referential humor, but just kind of like him being the poster child for random monkey cheese kind of stuff. It yeah. just, it really put me off, uh, he, in general I, on his entire character. Yeah. I, uh, I cannot think of a good Deadpool story like yeah. at all. Like I've never been not annoyed at Deadpool. It takes like the quip, like Spider-Man does that where he's constantly like, well, you should lose some weight, Kingman. You know, yeah. and and that's a little bit annoying. It's something I tolerate. Like I like Spider Man in spite of that. Mm-hmm. You know, but just taking a character and turning him into that, like, yeah, yeah, he's he's very very frustrating, and he's yeah. he's huge right now. Like it's a huge seller for Marvel for yeah. some reason. There's like a whole Deadpool universe of comics. Mm-hmm. It's fucking disheartening. Yeah, and like uh, on one like. <laughs> 
the one thing that's good about Deadpool is, oh, it gets Brian Posehn work. Like, yeah. that's good. I like Brian Posehn. And, like, yeah. maybe it does it. But just, like, I feel like that just, ugh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't say an articulate point about this, aside yeah. from the fact that it's just a real, real big turnoff. And I'm okay yeah. with humor in comics, but that is just kind of a very bad kind of humor that is just, it's very, uh, I don't know, it feels easy. Yeah, he's he's not very funny. Yeah, it's easy to avoid. Like I don't need yeah. to, you know, have him stricken from the universe, like yeah. like a Doug Benson. <laughs> but the, um, like Deadpool doesn't guest on my favorite podcast or anything, right? But he doesn't add very much. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight, you know, is the big deal is that he teleports. Yep. You know, like he's he's super teleporty. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you beat him, or once you beat the game, you unlock him as a character too. So right. he's very popular around this time. Um, you end up in the tower, tech hallways. Um, you free the Black Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, after she has this prison, she's a real bitch. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like saying that word, but she's real mean to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, eventually, you get to the point where uh, Beast betrays you. Yeah. At this point, he uh, hands been, over a saber tooth. I've been Dark Beast the whole time. <laughs> Which, again, like it's taking something cool from Age of Apocalypse and fucking it up. Like mm-hmm. Dark Beast escaped from the Age of Apocalypse and the McCran Crystal. And uh, this is, <laughs> listen to me. The, uh, <laughs> I'm just letting you go, man. Let's lay some science on you. And uh, he just looks, he was just like an evil beast who just happened to look like Beast. Mm-hmm. So eventually he did, he kidnapped the real Beast and took his place for a long time in the comics. Um, but it wasn't just regular Beast getting mind controlled, which is boring. Mm-hmm. It was this like other, you know, uh, whatever that Star Trek episode is with the uh, evil goatee versions. Yeah. There's like this, you know, this evil doppelganger and it was like way darker and way mm-hmm. kind of spookier and worse yeah. than, than this was. And they laid, you know, pretty good hints up for it and everything. And this is just like, I've been dark beast the whole time. I'm evil, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, which like the, the, the idea of, okay, take the same person or the same character in alternate universes coming up with different circumstances. Like what would happen? How, like the, there would be an evil version of that. Great. Interesting. I was exactly. mind controlled and just taking part in two bit cartoon supervillainy. Uh, right. Yeah, that just does not have like it doesn't resonate. It just kind of hits with a thud and dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's like a version. There's like an evil version of us, like right now doing a podcast about Banjo Tui, and then I'm just like the thing about this is like there's stuff to collect, but there's not quite enough stuff to collect. You know. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Uh you know, I think that uh, uh MLB 2 uh, 2K1 was kind of the the highlight of the series. You know, the the way that it took the outfield control out of your hands and automated it kind of streamlined the game. I would say it's the greatest sports game since Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. Yeah. The um yeah, <laughs> evil Gary the uh, age, <laughs> of... I like how I like how uh, evil Gary and Cole are just doing the same thing. Except yeah, the, with the worst thing taste. about them is that they have worse taste in video yeah. games. Um, <laughs> not, not like you know going out and just kind of like destroying other people's podcasts and stuff, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. undermining the entire. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. it's hard to undermine a podcast since the person can edit it. The worst you can do <laughs> yeah. is just make them have to like skip a week. <laughs> Like, oh, like we could guest on a thing and then just like spend the whole time like audibly and aggressively farting. And like <laughs> yeah. the worst thing that would happen is they just have to like, well, can't use that episode. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, Arch- this Archangel fight, which I like a lot. Like, yeah. I think this fight's really interesting. And it's another mm-hmm. place for Nightcrawler to shine. For sure. Because he can avoid this uh, teleport beam. Mm-hmm. Which kind of tracks and slowly follows you around. Um, mm-hmm. This gets back. So I, I kind of don't like the Holocaust fight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's just a, I mean, it's kind of like the, the, the gimmick to it's a little bit, a little bit obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm invincible because of these statues. Go kill them. Like Arch- Archangel talks about this teleport beam in such a way, but like I had to put like two and two together. It was a little bit more effort and like the execution was what well, was difficult. So it wasn't like after I figured this out, I just had to kind of go and do it. It was like, okay, I actually have to work to make this thing hit him before he teleports or flies away. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is really great. You're kind of on top of this uh, gigantic tower in New York. Um, Archangel is kind of flying around, uh, saying, "I will annihilate you, annihilate you totally." All of that. Yeah. 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 Buh. 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 And uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Do you eventually get him into hand to hand combat, or is it all just uh, get the beam to hit him? He'll he'll land. Okay. You, he'll land, and you can punch him. Yeah. Punch him some. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a so after you take him down, like you, you know, we they can reverse his uh, his mental changes, but they don't know that they can reverse the physical changes, which to my mind just entailed altering his wings and giving him a weird flesh suit. Yeah, giving making him blue. Yeah, for no particular reason. <laughs> But we are on to the last act, the short, the shortest act. It's just kind of one, uh, one big dungeon. Yeah, the pyramids of Giza. Going through the teleporter at the top here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go through here and, and fight a couple bosses, and mostly just kind of make our way through this long puzzle dungeon. <laughs> yeah, stomping on scarabs along the yep. way. Yeah. Indeed. A long puzzle dungeon. Oh, it's in Egypt, so I mean, we have to do a, a mirror in sunlight puzzle. Exactly. exactly. But you don't. I'm so glad you don't have to actually tilt the mirror. Yeah. Or you do, but you just have to make it automatically do it. Yeah. You don't have to like actually aim, aim the angles. Yeah. Because uh, that's frustrating. I was just more angry at the just like. Well, it seemed lazy. It seemed like just like oh, we need a contrivance for this. I don't know. Fuck it. Mirrors. Yeah. 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 Because sunlight's the only weakness <laughs> of this thing. <laughs> Quit making, quit making your things need sunlight. Sunlight's <laughs> yeah. really common. Yeah, it's um, like all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, uh, so you kind of get down here. It's the, the, this feels almost like way too big. Like this, along with the Madurai Temple, feels a little bit like padding to me. Yeah, um, like I think this would be fine since it's an entire act. Mm-hmm. But there just needs to be a little bit less leading up to it. Like I feel like you could comfortably uh, shed like one uh, spoke of each of the hubs on the way yeah. up to this. Mm-hmm. And this would feel, the whole game would feel tight and, and better. Yeah. And this would feel okay. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you do some fiddling around with artifacts and I think there's a lot of like, oh, you need to destroy these pillars and stuff like really inconsequential stuff that doesn't contribute much of anything to the, to the experience of play. But uh, you get to a great boss fight, the Mr. Sinister fight. Yeah. 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 Finally fighting the actual, the man, the man himself yeah. along with dark beast. Yeah. Finally fighting the Dark Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you uh, take I, I can't remember the very specifics of this. Can you take the lead on it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of cool because it is two very tough enemies who are working in concert. So mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Sinister is taking the ranged and Dark Beast is kind of closing the, the distance really quickly in order to do a lot of uh, a lot of physical damage to you. 
Um, the real trick to it is that Mr. Sinister, because he kind of has apocalypses and vulnerability powers, uh, you know, you need to activate these nullifiers, which are these statues around this kind of big, uh, mm-hmm. this, this big area, uh, to get a very brief window where he is vulnerable to any kind of damage. So it's a lot of, you know, kind of letting your AI deal with Dark Beast as you, um, as kind of somebody who can move a little bit more quickly, like an Iceman or a Nightcrawler, uh, go up to these, uh, go up to these, uh, statues. And there, there are lots of them. If you destroy any of them in the room, uh, Mr. Sinister becomes vulnerable. Um, and then you just have to go in and give him a couple of hits um, yeah. as you're waiting. If you kill Dark Beast, so it's kind of like a like an Ornstein and Smoke kind of thing, If or, or kind of not like that, <laughs> where in Ornstein and Smoke, the, the other one stays dead. If you kill Dark Beast before Mr. Sinister is gone, he just revives. Yeah. And Mr. Sinister shouts something really cheesy like, I bet you didn't expect me to revive him. <laughs> so it's like a, a Throne Watcher and Throne Defender. Yes. As opposed to an Ornstein and Smoke. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty good fight. Um, for some reason, you fight the living monolith, monolith after this as well, because they're really just cram jam and boss fights <laughs> yeah. at the end of this. And they then what need, an obscure, dumb character he is. Needed to get one more deep cut. They just had, had to head out to the boneyard for him. Yeah, and the, the high evolutionary was was busy starring in the Fantastic Four <laughs> movie game. Ugh. So they couldn't uh, God. throw in the living living monolith. Uh, which, again, I don't remember. I think at this point, like I, I had five of the extreme attacks. So like boss fights... You know, I could get through really, really quick with Master of, Master of Chaos mm-hmm. other than the last one. So, like, I remember playing these boss fights, but I just don't yeah. remember having much time for the gimmick because I would just end them really quickly yeah. with Master of Chaos. I, I kind of feel like uh, I kind of feel like uh, Living Monolith, will, again, was invulnerable unless you uh, raise these platforms. So, you, like, there are four platforms oh, at the different yeah. corners. So, I mean, again, it's not difficult. You just have to do that, and it's kind of like keeping plates spinning because around the time that you raise the fourth one, the first one starts to kind of fall down. Yeah, it's like that, that first uh, boss in Metroid Prime. Yeah. Where you're, you're hitting the little platforms of sunlight. Mm-hmm. up to not reflect the mirrors yeah, yeah i remember that yeah. and he it's interesting too because you don't have to have all of the the sunlight things it just increases or decreases his resistance yeah which i appreciate so like it's not like you have to have all four plates up at one time if you have two of the plates up he'll take like half damage right you know it's, it's based on percentages so mm-hmm. i appreciate that yeah mm-hmm. yep. but uh yeah so we're finally to apocalypse uh the actual fight which is a big you know kind of epic you know, fight with Apocalypse, which yeah. is one of those things where, like, Apocalypse, when I said he works best as a chess master, mm-hmm. part of the reason why is because one of the things he does is turn his hand into a big hammer <laughs> and punch things. Like, he's so, every time you, they've had to, like, fight Apocalypse face-to-face, it's always been dumb. <laughs> you know? He's a I cool concept. Hands. But, yeah, are they going to do that in the movie? Like, just... <laughs> um, yeah. Gross. But, yeah, the the big thing for him is that um, he uses this little uh, power thing in the middle of the the screen to get uh, to power up. Yeah, and uh, you know the the puzzle, the trick is figuring out that you can do that. And if you wait long enough without doing it, he says, I, "Good thing you'd never think of using my power." <laughs> like he gives you like a hint, yeah, thing that is really obvious and annoying. It's like, it's like reverse psychology. No, don't stand in my power of machine yeah, exactly. that works on any mutant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but when you get it, you get that your powers change and the game starts giving you like tons of tutorial exposition <laughs> yeah. you know, because you now have a totally new power set. It actually pops up a modal dialogue that explains, OK, on B is uh, is, is uh, Emma Frost psychic blast on this and this and this. Yep. So you have to like forget everything, you know, like by this point, I had muscle memory for all of my attacks. Yeah. 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 And essentially, like you just get you can just you do a lot more damage when you're doing this. So you mm-hmm. can um, you know, you have to get to these four little generators that are in little side rooms mm-hmm. and uh, you can turn into, you know, super 
uh, you know, get the the resonant DNA powers mm-hmm. and just kind of quicksilver dash yeah. to those and just use your power that way. Yeah. Um, part more or less how I would do it. And there are little minions uh, that you fight. So as you do damage and as you attack, you get uh, new power-ups or new uh, new uh, drops that refill mm-hmm. this meter. So you have a limited amount of time that you can remain, you know, Apocalypse super, uh, supercharged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of goes into those little spokes to try and defend those things too. So yeah. like a lot of it is also uh, just trying to beat him to those generators. If yeah. you take too long, then you have to, uh, uh, you know, pull the record and go back and repower and try another one. Yep. And then once you get to those generators, you can, uh, you smash them and you get a couple hits on apocalypse. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. You know, if again, um, super vulnerable to, to master of chaos, if you save it for when he's vulnerable, yeah. there's another, another stage to this where he brings back all of the horsemen as well. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. again, boss rush kind of stuff. It's kind of frustrating. They have to deal with all of them at once. However, it is a very big arena, and you're not dealing with kind of their uh, their particular uh, puzzle elements. They're just, next, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so there are, uh, you know, they're just really tough enemies that you have to fight as you know as opposed to trying to recreate any of their uh, any any of their gimmicks. So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of limped through this. Uh, I ended up finishing it pretty much with just night nightcrawler and Magneto. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but otherwise, yeah, like once you get Apocalypse into a quote unquote fair fight, uh, he pretty much just goes down. Yeah. Yeah. He's not because you know, there's four of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I actually like this fight. I like the way that the, the game ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get that ending we alluded to a little bit where, you know, Xavier and Magneto essentially are rivals. You know, they Charles says, hey, why can't we work together? And he's like, you're an idiot. I'm <laughs> out of here. Do you see what we can accomplish when we have a common enemy? Yeah. And he's like, nope. <laughs> later and, yeah. and wolverine you know more or less says like you know he's a scorpion he's gonna sting you yeah you know um mm-hmm. and then uh you get mr sinister laughing on the pyramid yeah sequel it's the real villain the sequel <laughs> that never came yeah um, it, it hints at that too it, it like it hints at uh uh something being up with mr sinister like when you're talking to uh sebastian shaw like why would there be an alternate entrance into apocalypse's tower yeah and he says oh yeah. yeah mr sinister wants to come and go without apocalypse knowing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, th- yeah. Th- this is kind of rare. Like, how many games that we've played have a really good end boss fight? Like Final Fantasy VI and this. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. Like, you, yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like there's got to be more than that, but there yeah. aren't that many. Yeah. Usually um, they just kind of like peter out across the finish line, but this one, you know, with the exception of kind of the slog going up through it, uh, you really just kind of went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's uh, X Men Legends too. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like a probably objectively mediocre series of games that i have a lot of affection for yeah. for no good reason <laughs> um other than that like this is the kind of thing i like to tune out to mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i i can see it i wish that there was a little bit more there you know the fu- the function that story serves for me in a game um i recognize that most games don't have good stories is you, you know but but like when, when when they work they give me a really good motivation to kind of go on and see the next thing yeah and when it's when it's this kind of flat and generic you know the entire way there's not enough to like really hook me forward so this kind of turned into a chore a lot of the time like yeah. I, I could put myself in a mindset where like i was playing it with a buddy and it's like okay you do this and i'll do this and you alley-oop a bunch of situations but like just in under under the circumstances that I was playing it under, that wasn't you know kind of available to me. So that's that's definitely definitely true. It's yeah. mechan like and the first one is better for that, mm-hmm. and this one is just mechanically more sound. And yeah. like I can't really you know praise like I can praise enough, but mm-hmm. I would praise the 
you know, the character development and the way, you know, crafting a team and considering different builds oh, yeah. you know, for your team. Like, that's very fun. Yeah, that like that and, was the point where I would pause my podcast and actually engage with reading like, oh, there's a new power opened up. Let me see what this. Yeah, what does this do? And, yeah. and you know, it all, everything makes sense. It has a very smooth progression. Like, you always feel like you're getting getting better. Everyone is really versatile mm-hmm. um, in different ways, too. It's not like everyone is versatile in, like, the Final Fantasy XII way where everyone can be everything. Mm-hmm. It's like Scarlet Witch can be, you know, a healer, you know, a buff and debuff engine or this, you know, crazy glass cannon critical hit machine with her. But she can't, you know, do both. And like you just kind of could make these different uh, different setups. And that's like where the goodness of this game comes from for me. It actually reminds me a little bit of like MMOs, like everything after WoW kind of has talent trees and different Mm -hmm. kind of specs where you can be like, oh, I will be a healing priest or I will be a shadow priest or I will, you know, focus on this this particular, you know, flavor of this archetype. And that, and that happens in in Diablo, mm-hmm. you know, which is what this obviously takes its its you know its its cues from. But like mm-hmm. having the kind of beat 'em up gameplay on top of that works better for me than like the clicking gameplay yeah. of a of a torchlight, mm-hmm. and uh, being able to design four different people. So you're kind of creating like in a Final Fantasy tactic sense, you're creating or a Pokemon team, mm-hmm. you're creating a whole from many different parts. Yeah, uh, that's very appealing to me. And that's kind of uh, where this this stands up. And I would say, like story wise, this is probably out of the four that I played probably the weakest in the the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Alternate Alliance has a better story than this, um, and 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 so on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I I was I was just flabbergasted at some of the shitty dialogue <laughs> as I was going through and just being like I I'm with you about that. I just uh-huh. you know this is something to, to do something with my hands and play podcast. Yep. And as we'll reveal, you know, when we start talking about what we're doing next, uh, the next game we're doing is a much better use of that. Oh, definitely. Thing. Yeah. So. So it's kind of uh, unfortunate that we did this right before the next game we're doing because <laughs> it is better at that. Yeah. Well, you know, the di- different uh, contrast, right? It's kind of like doing Snatcher in front of the Blade Runner game. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not actually that similar of games. It's just <laughs> a, the uh, it is uh, also dumb, but dumb in a more successful way. Mm-hmm. Well, why, don't we, uh, why don't we say what that is? Yeah, that's it. Uh, that game is Crackdown yeah. for the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Thank is... you, uh, Xbox One, for coming out and making this retro. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah it is it is pretty retro like the the production values are pretty janky uh yeah. you know uh man and so i feel a little bit guilty doing some of these because like at prge like people will come up and say oh you're a retro video games podcast what do you talk about like yeah you know we spent a lot of time like in you know uh playstation one kind of you know kind of era or you know dip a little bit back into like snes and nes and more recently we've been doing kind of more modern games and then they say oh, if it's anything newer than the Odyssey, it's not retro. And then they just kind yeah. of like <laughs> run off on their segues. There, there, yeah, there, is, there is like a, there is a retro contingent that yeah. really considers that to be. But for what we do, we can't, uh, yeah, we can't really, really do that. I've just sure. said it before. Like I would love to find um, an Atari game or a suite of Atari games that would support an episode, um, you know, just yeah. to hit that kind of period. Yeah. But going earlier than that, like I can't do an Odyssey game. <laughs> you can do Odyssey baseball. What are you fucking talking about? Well, the, um, how about this? If anybody has a recommendation for an Atari game that is not um, that is not uh, abject suffering worthy, yeah, you know? like three, and we need more than one. Yeah, like yeah. we couldn't do an episode on Joust. Like we need we need three. Like we could do an Atari special. So if that's yeah. something you guys want to hear, first tell us that because mm-hmm. um, we this isn't this is just us over being over you know overly analyzing mm-hmm. analyzing it's not uh something from popular demand but mm-hmm. if you want to hear that let us know yeah and uh if you let us know let us know with suggestions yeah so we're looking for you know not necessarily story because that's not a thing that happens in the hurry games mm-hmm. but we need deep enough gameplay to support you know 20 minutes right or so each 
<laughs> Anywho, Crackdown, which I am way ahead on Watch Out Fireballs. I beat this yesterday, oh. and I love it. Yeah. I'm so about halfway I'm through. Gush the fuck out of it. I'm about halfway through, Get and ready. I love it as well. So, so it, this is such a good game. God, do I love this take on open world? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's such a good sand because like sandbox is like they say do whatever you want, but really it's like go do these pizza missions and shit. Mm-hmm. But this is really just like hey, this is your playground. Do this mm-hmm. in any order you want, however you like. Yeah, you know, and the thing you do is pretty limited, mm-hmm. but you literally like it's just very very freeing. Like this game feels super super playy. Yeah. I love it. And I'm going to invoke Saints Row 4 a bunch of times, and you're going to be like, mwah. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to be like, mwah. I haven't actually, I've, you know, once that gets down to like five bucks, I'll probably buy it. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, I like the movement <laughs> idea. I just don't like lol dubstep. Yeah. I just can't, you know, lol dubstep's never going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. It just makes me mad. Um, but someday I'll play that. Like, it'll get cheap enough to where I'll, I'll buy it and maybe end up liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, after that, we're doing, uh, what are we doing? We're doing Gabriel Knight 2, Blood of the Damned, which uh, yeah. which I just loaded up, and uh, it is a delight. Is it, is it Blood of the Damned? Um, Isn't that the third one? Oh, it's, well, that, uh, that's, yeah, it's that's like, like Spirits of the, of the Damned. or Yeah, or the third one is like Saints of the Sacred or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's like Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. I, I conflated the two of them. Gabriel yeah. Knight 2, in fact, is the Beast Within. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, because the third one's about vampires. Mm. And uh, that's the, the last of our Kickstarter um suggested games mm-hmm. and uh you know recording you know god willing recording uh, everything works out we're gonna be joined by will owens who mm-hmm. suggested it um our friend and yours of uh, backlogkiller.com mm-hmm. and uh good buddy yeah. bonfireside chat alum yeah so i'm looking forward to that uh there's a lot to make fun of in it because it is an fmv game but also is gabriel knight and i uh enjoy that series so it's gonna be good to, to dip back in and make comparisons to the first one even there are though so they're many very different in this game <laughs> yeah like it is gonna be yeah it is so gonna be so fun just to do terrible impressions of everything <laughs> in this game and if we i hope we get will on it so we mm-hmm. can just you know yeah make it incomprehensible and intolerable at points <laughs> yep. so yeah and so this will uh, i think this will be our first and only fmv game that we do yeah I mean, yeah, other games can make may... a really convincing argument. Yeah, um, and and that's for this show. Like somebody, some fucker is going to suggest Phantasmagoria for after <laughs> suffering. So we're going to end up doing that. But yeah, so happens. Um, after that, we're going to be doing um, a pretty interesting game for us because it is a super tiny independent game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're going to be doing Cave Story. Yeah. So this is an independent game that was released back in like 2004. You guys know what Cave Story is. Everybody has yeah. it from the Humble Bundle. Um, but it is a modern game uh, designed under retro aesthetics. And mm-hmm. so this is kind of an example of in our, you know, in our what we talked about in our anniversary episode of, you know, retro games, faux retro. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like this game a lot. Um, and I'm excited yeah, to excellent. kind of jump in. It's hard. I've never yeah. actually beat Cave Story. I got to the end and, and was not able to beat all three forms of the bosses or all two forms or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to giving it another shot and seeing if I can actually power through. And I've yeah. definitely never done the like go to hell yeah. secret ending stuff. Like I'm I'm not great at Cave Story, but I like mm-hmm. it a lot. Yeah. Um, we also have a, a really fun announcement. So yeah. as we mentioned before, um, one of the benefits you get from being one of our patrons is that you're going to get some input mm-hmm. into uh, into what games we do. Yeah. And so we put out a big poll um, <laughs> asking... Um, i'm sorry like that's that, that, that's the dumbest thing <laughs> I, just, I wasn't expecting it though so that's, nope yeah. so, so so uh you know every summer we do an rpg and we decided uh since there are so many options of ways we could go we wanted to put out uh to the community uh with four choices dragon warrior 4 suikoden 2 paper mario or persona 3 
mm-hmm. just say like, hey, let us know what you would like to hear us talk about. We had that poll up for a week, and with the exception of Dragon Warrior 4, which there was a small vocal contingent who were very passionate about it, um, with the exception of that, it was kind of neck and neck up and, up until the very end. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very, very, very close. And uh, what ended up winning, mm-hmm. um, so what we're doing after that is we get in two. Yeah. Um, by literally one vote. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. So if you wanted to hear us talk about Persona 3... <laughs> And and just were like, I'll vote tomorrow. <laughs> Probably I'll vote for a third party candidate. Um, <laughs> dope. You, you literally could have made all the difference. Yeah. So so feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about this. Yeah. Um, Sweet It Into is a Konami RPG. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, it is really really weird. Um, it's really manageable, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I was you know a lot of people kind of warned us about Persona Three, mm-hmm. and we're just like, oh, it's really really long, which I know it's really really long. Yeah. But uh, you know, Vivian, our friend, even said like it might end up taking three episodes, like Final Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad uh, in that case that Suikoden <laughs> yeah. took the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, PS1 era RPGs are fantastic. I love kind of the weirdness in those. Mm-hmm. And this is a series I have no uh, I, have, I have no familiarity with. So. Yeah. It's uh, I, it's not out on PlayStation Network yet, but uh, there are ways. Yeah, and it's also it's been um, it's been like announced. It's on the Japanese one, or it's been you know the whatever it is the licensing has been rated. Yeah, for the network, so there's a good chance it'll come out. We're still a couple months out. Yeah, um, I would be kind of surprised, Cole, if this doesn't incite some kind of love affair in you. <laughs> like I could see you going back because you have like that breath of fire tolerance. Like mm-hmm. I think you could end up getting into this and wanting to play the first one. Yeah. And then I don't think you're going to want to play like Sweet in Four and Sweet in Tactics and shit. But the first two are really, really good games. Nice. Um, I like the idea, and you, you know, cut this out if you don't like. But doing one of these kind of polls maybe once a quarter. Yeah. Like you know, um, like every five or so things. Like when we have a couple things that we can't really decide, they won't always have four options. But like yeah. you know, this is the summer poll. So mm-hmm. you know, if you if you join us on Patreon, um, you will be able to vote for like what we do, and we have yeah. kind of similar games that we're kind of trying to decide mm-hmm. between. Especially like if we know like we want to do a game of this genre, like oftentimes in the fall or winter we do a uh, we do an adventure game. Like we have mm-hmm. like in our short list of games we want to do, most of it's adventure games. Yeah, so, so that would be a great opportunity for a poll because yeah. we don't want to pl- you know clog the whole year with adventure games, mm-hmm. but we do want to hear what you guys want to hear about. And yeah. we, you know, by the fact that we're choosing the candidates, it's all stuff we want to do. Yeah. So I'm super happy taking that last little bit of control and handing it off to people mm-hmm. if they're more interested in hearing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's you know it's fun, it's interactive, and mm-hmm. yeah, and people people get into it. Uh, I've I've learned a lot about these games by people talking about their uh, their their preferences for one over the other. So mm-hmm. yeah, God God willing, we will get the opportunity to play all of these. And I'm really excited to be as much as the the Kickstarter year was really fun, um, having a lot of our games kind of dictated. I'm really excited to be in this like yawning gulf of chaos <laughs> in front of us where we don't have our next year planned out, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to plan it out that far in advance. I think this poll kind of system is a good way to do that yeah so we have some flexibility and we'll get a you know some some variety and uh yeah yeah so yeah so, it's, uh, re- it's really cool we have a, we have a good couple of months ahead of us mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. as is usually the case which is great yeah. because this is a great if this were a job it would be great <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and if you want it to be a job continue donating more Yes, yeah. So the um, yeah. So and you, the way you can do that is go to uh, patreon.com forward slash feed TV. We uh, beat that drum a lot, so we're not going to keep doing it. But yep. thank you for that. Yeah. Um, what else can they do, Cole? Uh, well, we have the we have a very active Facebook group that is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs, uh, where you can uh, get announcements about new episodes. Uh, you know, we post fun little links there. Just a lot of fun discussion happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can also listen to our other shows, which are on duckfeed.tv, as you mentioned. Um, you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can follow us individually on Twitter, where yeah. I am uh, Gary Ba, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And I am at Cole Ross, K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so thank you very much for uh, hanging out. And what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, Sentinels. They yeah. have their very beating heart knows where you are. Sunfires. Watch, sunfires. Out for sunfires. Watch out for sunfires. There we go. Yeah. That would be the better one. <laughs> oh, well.